At Coco Talk, we'd like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show, so our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Blair Ledoux, Boaten John, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick Randolph, Dinty, Eric Canales, Frodo NL, Glenn Hewlett, Graham Vemke, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, Jason Downs, Ken Riker, Kyle Etter, Malfunk, Michael Pitsley, Rick Eulin, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Paul Thayer, Richard Lorbieski, Jenna Farron, Rob Inman, Alan Murphy, Stephen Wagner, Terry Steen, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., Tom S., Tim Lindner, and Tony C. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. We're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Talk, the only show in the world featuring David Ladd. It's time to grease your weasel and do whatever yo pleasel, because we're about to rock your 8-bit world. Everybody, welcome to Coco Talk, episode 191. We're going to be walking in winter wonderland and talking about our Christmas wish list, spreading cheer and goodwill towards all those in the Coco community, even those who like the 6502. Welcome to Coco Talk. All right, good afternoon, everybody. It Hello. is. The it's like winter. Mix. It's winter, man. And it is brr, it is like seventy degrees here in Florida, man. I don't know how you guys <laughs> deal Those Florida with that winters crap. must yeah. be killer. Oh yeah. Oh, Alan Huffman just popped in there. Have a great show, folks. I really enjoyed watching last week's episode on the podcast. I hope to join in soon. Lots of stuff to show and tell. All right, thank you. Eight bits in the basement says found it. How are you all? Uh, we've had a lot of people yep. in the live chat already. David Ladd has been out there. Kevin Holloway, one of the first people arriving early, saying testing one, two, three. Mark B, Rob Ianman, Kevin Holloway asking for David Ladd by name. David Ladd's getting the request already. Um, Bill <laughs> David Noble. Ladd asked for him by name. That's right. Uh, Bill Noble's out there. Kevin Holloway, Samuel Gimes. 
Uh, oh no! Jim Rye, Jim Rye is here. TJB, Chris, Tim Franklin, the live chat. We could just sit here and mention the people in the live chat for four hours now. It is hopping. This joint is hopping. Uh, we're here. Uh, real quick, I need to I need to make a uh, verbal correction to the intro that I screwed up on that I have not had a chance to fix. But the Amigos Retro Gaming guys became a, a patron a couple weeks ago. And I said John and Boat. I should have said John and Aaron. And I said John and Boat because John and Boat are literally the same person. So, <laughs> um, so thank you, John and Aaron and Brett and all of you amigos for for the fine quality uh, entertainment you bring to the world. And thank you for being a patron, John and Aaron, John Schaller, aka Boat of Car, Aaron and Brett. Thank you guys, and thank you for being patrons, and thank you guys for watching. And in advance, we'll just say. We're sorry, um, but we're here. We've got a wonderful panel. Uh, we have all kinds of people here. We've got Rick Euland in the house. Good afternoon to you, Rick. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Rick. Now, our Hispanic correspondent, L. Curtis Boyle, was not able to be here, but what we do have filling in from Francais, we have the very French, Le Curtis Boyle. Bonjour, Le Curtis. Bonjour, Stevie. I am here. Uh, you, you of course, know my Spanish cousin, El Curtis Boyle. I am Le Curtis Boyle, oui. and I am happy to help you with the news. You are looking very, uh, how you say, uh, très magnifique. Oh, c'est c'est bon. Oh, oui, oui. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes. Uh, we have our backup engineer and all-around good-looking fellow, Mark Bose. He's with us. Hello, Mark. Hello. We got a guy who knows a few things about coding the Coco joysticks and PSGs and all kinds of other good stuff. Alan Murphy's with us this afternoon. Hello, Alan. Howdy, howdy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We've got a guy whose name is so nice, we must say it at least thrice. It's none other than... Nick Marona. Nick Marona, Nick Marona, Nick Marona. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, my friend. It's fantastic to be here. It's fantastic to have you here. We've got a guy who gets a few things on eBay, makes us all jealous. He's got what some people might call a problem, but we just call him Brian Weasler. How you doing today, Brian? Very good. Happy Merry Coco Christmas. Oh, well, Merry Coco Christmas to you. This guy has been given permission from Sarah to be on the show today. It's Jason the Coco Man uh, Reichert. How you doing, Jason? Oh, I'm just great. I've just been handed a sandwich <laughs> fresh from the kitchen. I've got my diet Dr Pepper, and uh, I am I am set to go. Oh, and since uh, Marco's not here right now, I've got my Marco visor ready to go. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. We are so glad that that's happening. Um, Make sure she took the wrapper off the cheese. Yes. We got a guy who knows a little bit about music. He knows a little bit about MIDI. He sometimes has problems with his throat, but hopefully he's uh, cleared and uh, decongested today. Brian, the music man, Shoebring, how are you today? Silent. It's the best he's ever sounded. Uh, yes. Brian, you're still muted. That's That's like the... 2020 catchphrase you're on mute right so and you said you've never sounded better on mute brian um from bar okay wonderful all right the welcome brian can you do the uh, chipmunks christmas song now uh no 
Nice I'm guy. sorry. I'm back to Earth. Okay. He's got his audio spectrum analyzer hot. Is that picking up the show from us, Brian? The analyzer? Is that live? Sure is. I got my Coco 2 all hooked up and uh, through VJ and HDMI and everything now. Wow. That's a lot of acronyms there. Uh, yeah. F- FYI. He's got VGA, that's why, HDMI. That's why it looks like such a mess. It's picking up the show. <laughs> oh, but it's such uh, a beautiful mess. Oh. Well, this person has many talents, but one of the things that we most appreciate is the Yogo Fa Fletcher. Please welcome to the program, Allison Denou. You're muted and you're drinking. You got a mouthful of God knows what over there. <laughs> there you go. We didn't hear a word you said, but that's okay. I'm sure you meant well. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the program. We've got, we already mentioned Brian. We've got a guy who took live streaming literally on the show. Grant Leedy's here. How you doing, Grant? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Wonderful. How about those Kansas City Chiefs, Grant? They're doing okay this year? Oh, yeah. We're first place, and we kicked those Dolphins' butts. Now, we were giving you a run for your money for a little while last week. So, <laughs> that was good to see. And last, but certainly not least, I certainly hope he's excited to be here. It is none other than David Ladd. David, are you here? And how do you feel about being here today? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. Everybody's probably regretting I'm here, but I'm here. And I'm happy to be here. And it's going to be a great Cocoa Christmas. I hope everybody's excited for the great Cocoa Christmas. And I am hoping that everybody's happy for this show and ready to see it go right down those railroad tracks. Are you ready, Stevie? Are oh, you ready? I am ready. I am excited to be here. All right. I, let's get I this train going down the track. my weasel and I am ready Woo! to get the flux out of here. <laughs> okay, so we are going to have, I'm not going to say we're going to have a great show for you, but we're going to have a show for you today nonetheless. And Ale Curtis Boyle, how are you today, eh? We, 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 we will have, we, we will have a great show. We. It will be, uh, it will be only seven and a half hours long. Me. And what is that in, what is that in, uh, Le French? What's the, uh, metric conversion of, of we, of, uh, seven and a half hours. <laughs> is we, that we. Like is it time seven for and a half hours is like 3.3 milli hours. It, that is only, um, 2.75, a k- kilometer. Kila hours. Okay. We got nothing else to say. Good night, everybody. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to Coco Talk at Coco. All right, welcome to episode 192. We're back. Wee wee. Wee wee. Wee wee. Who gave you the controls? All right. So um, we did get a little bit, by the way, great show last week, probably because I wasn't on it. It was an amazing show, fantastic show, incredible show. Amazing people on that show talking about incredible things. Nitrous Nine, big fan of the show, big fan of the Nitrous Nine. Uh, great show. Uh, <laughs> we we did get a little bit of feedback uh, from the viewers and from our panel and our community. We had a few people say that during the presentation that uh, they would have liked less questions to have been asked during the presentation. So we have heard the people have spoken. We have listened, so we're going to try to self, um, you know, self-contain that, and we've kind of enacted a policy where we 
when we have the special presentation, we're going to ask everybody to hold questions to the end. So we're going to try to do that. Realize it's a live show. We are human. Sometimes we're excited. Sometimes we just got to know. But we will try to do that because we had some requests for that, and we will try to do the best we can to self regulate uh, when needed. So we've heard that. Um, also, real quick, I want to remind you, and we'll probably bring it up again in the news, but tomorrow is a very special event. Tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, and whatever time it is for anywhere else in the third world, um, we're having the Glenside Virtual Meetup. This is an official Glenside Color Computer Club event. For those of you who don't know, Glenside is who brings us Cocoa Fest. This will be taking place uh, via Blue Jeans, and you can join on a browser. You don't have to install any software, but it'll be a uh, you know mixed media. You can join via camera if you want to. You can call in via audio, and it's just kind of an end of the year open house gathering. Let's get together. Let's talk about Coco. Let's talk about what you've been up to. All that kind of stuff. There's no agenda. There's no minimum or maximum requirements other than come and, and be willing to be social with other people in the Cocoa community. Um, there will be a link to that on the Glenside Color Computer website, glensideccc.com. It's also in the newsletter, which hopefully we'll mention the newsletter came out. The link is there. Um, but we would definitely like uh, to have some people come and meet the folks from Glenside. They're fine folk. They, um, they're good people. They're salt-of-the-earth kind of people. And um, they have been bringing us Cocoa Fest for 29 years now. So uh, you gotta, you got to like that, right? So just want to get that out right away. Um, we, don't have a lot, we don't have any special presentations today, so we'll probably jump right into Game On. Uh, do we want to – this just so we know, number one, is anybody pressed for time today – and if anybody is pressed for time today, if you had something you needed to do a show and tell on, do you want to get that out of the way while you have time? Anyone, anyone, Bueller, R. Allen Murphy? Are you pointing to Arr. Allison? Okay, Allison is wearing the proper David Ladd um, odor um, preparation tool, uh, the gas mask. Um, but, uh, Brian, did you have a show and tell today? It's probably a rhetorical question, but do you, you, I'm sure you have something to show. Yeah, I have something I can share later, but uh, okay. we're good. You're not pressed for time. Nope, okay. let's go. All right. Well, how about we just jump in then? And by the way, I'm not sure if Mr. Dave is out there, but this was Mr. Dave's idea. So if you like the Game On segment, you can thank Mr. Dave. If you don't like the Game On segment, it's Mr. Dave's fault. And then we'll just throw him right under that train. Um, but I know Nick Morota likes it because he gets to talk and hear himself speak for, for extended periods of time. Now, do we also have, if I'm not mistaken, do we have a, a, a special Coco Thoughts? Oh, we should also mention that, too. Ken Reichard released the entire Coco Thoughts playlist on YouTube. Uh, did I say Ken Reichard? I meant to say Samuel Gimes. Uh, Samuel Gimes released the entire Coco Thoughts playlist on YouTube. And so if you're a fan of the Cocoa Thoughts segments, you can check them all out, and especially the musical parodies, which are, uh, especially Ron DelVo likes those, and I know a lot of us do like those musical parodies. So uh, check those out. We should probably fish up that link and throw it out in the live chat so people can do it. Um, all right, so I believe, speaking of Samuel Gimes, I believe we've got a special Samuel Gimes Cocoa Thoughts-inspired um, uh, presentation. Let's find out right now, shall we? Is everybody excited? David, are you excited for Cocoa Thoughts? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. 
The intergalactic spiders tried to catch me in their web. I turned my ship and shot a spider dead. <laughs> Out came some more to avenge all the slain. And the intergalactic spiders tried to kill me once again. Oh, wow. Okay, I was waiting to see if there was more, but that was it. <laughs> that Damn. was it. All right. Sweet. Okay. My Coco thoughts is over. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. That's a great one there, too. I don't think we have to worry about a copyright ding on that one. Um, <laughs> the Itsy Bitsy Spider. One of my favorite songs, too. If only he had done this while he was doing it, that would really have added to the experience. Um, uh, very, very cool. Thank you, Samuel Gines, for all that you do. Um, what did you guys think of that one? Was that good? I thought it was very cute, yes. <laughs> okay, very good. I had no idea where he's going with this one again. So uh, Yes, and so I have to queue them up in, in OBS to be able to stream them, but I don't like to... Um, I don't like to um, watch them in advance because I want to be genuinely surprised. Oh, I do um, watch them because yeah, I can't wait. Not, we need, we're <laughs> being asked what the link is to the Samuel Gimes YouTube channel. Samuel Gimes, if you're out there, maybe you could post a link. Um, I will I will get it out here in just a few okay, minutes. Okay, Jason the Coco Man Reichard um, will find that for us shortly. All right, it's time for... All right, welcome to another week of results. This week we played Spider Side with 24 scores submitted. Mark B, 160. Joshua Craker, 200. R. Ellen Murphy, 250. Adam Tandy Dragon Guy, 380. Mr. Dave, 410. Me, 410. Sloopy Malibu, 490. Marcy, 560. Just Mike, 660. Chet Simpson, 690. Damon Beals, 700. Ben Vier Drake, 750. Ken Record, 980. Rogelio Perea, 1270. Jim Rye, 1280. Frodo NL, 1300. David Craker, 1360. Canadian Retro Things, 1410. David Ladd, 1420. AC's 8-Bit Zone, 1560. Nathan, 1740. Tom C, 1760. 8-Bits in the Basement, 2320. And the number one score this week belongs to Tasman with 3,910. Way to go. Nice score. Thank you to all these week participants and for another great week of gaming. All right. Great job, Tasman. Great scores in there. I, for a minute there, I thought Mark Bosley was competing with Coco Man for a low score. Uh, we didn't get a Coco Man low score this week. Excellent. 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 So yeah. 24 players, that's pretty good. That's pretty consistent, right? That's a good turnout. Yeah, I was happy with, I was happy with that. Well, I'm happy every week, you know, but uh but yeah, uh, we're usually getting above 20 now, which is which I think is pretty good. And uh 
this game definitely, uh, I think this game kind of flew under the radar. I was not able to find any mention of it, in the, at least in Rainbow. Mm. So I don't really have any score or review to, to, uh, to talk about for this one. But we did get uh, gameplay footage from Canadian Retro Things. Thank you who, very much. Uh, who features our games on his channel, on his YouTube channel. So thanks again, Canadian Retro Things, for that. So uh, I assume you guys can see my screen. We okay? can see it, yes. All right. And as you see, he's played in an alternate color set. Uh, he said press M, but that didn't work for me, so I'm not quite sure. But anyway, he's, he uh, liked this color set for recording, so okay. he went with this one. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like this game. It's difficult, very low scoring. Um, you know, I, I was pretty low on the list of scores, uh, you know, because I just uh, I found those spiders that move around really hard to evade. But uh, Canadian Retro Things does the strategy of staying in spot, in place, and uh, shooting from there. And uh, I know others found that effective as well. So, um, yeah, anybody have anything they want to say about this game? Uh, who played this week? It looks pretty cool. I did not get a chance to play it this week, but it looks cool. Ken Riker was mentioning it's got kind of an asteroid knockoff feel to it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and AC's 8-Bit Zone said it was a cartridge game, uh, he believes. Okay, yeah. It was. So, uh, yeah. And I was hoping for a can of raid at every turn. Mm-hmm. Is there, does it get to the point where there's more than one spider on the screen at a time, or is it always just one spider at a time? <laughs> I can't tell you that. I don't know. Okay. I believe there's only one, but... Uh, and they just, they just trap you. They just keep trapping you in. Uh, yeah. They uh, they say this is uh, sort of reminiscent of the star of a Star Trek episode, the Tholian one. Okay, yeah, yeah, when they were wrapping um, stuff around the Enterprise. Yeah. So uh, there's four types of spiders: the ones that move straight, fast, and slow, and then the ones who move in the zigzagging pattern and zero in on you, zero in on you, fast and slow. So, uh, oh, AC's Ipid Zone saw a cartridge on eBay just this week for this okay, game. Okay, cool. Uh, AC, do you remember how much they were asking for it? Were the eBay prices? It's probably only a couple grand, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was it vintage and or rare? Because that does affect the price. If it's vintage, it goes up. If it's rare, it goes up. If it's vintage and rare, <laughs> yeah. forget it. But it was <laughs> it was rare spelled with an at sign. Ah, rat air. <laughs> Rewrapped, new in stock. Yes. <laughs> How about that new old stock Coco Three last week? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I went for uh, seven hundred. Was okay, it? Okay, so we're looking at like twelve to thirty dollars, apparently. <laughs> that's a reasonable price. Yeah, that's reasonable. Two available. So yeah, I, I found those spiders that that move around, zigzag in on you. Just I couldn't, I couldn't evade those things. So basically, it was like, as long as I was getting the straight movers, I was okay. But as soon as the zigzag came out, I was like, I'm dead. So that, so I'm, I'm not. I knew playing. I knew leading up to this game, like I said, during my play testing, uh, before I, I, I like to make sure it works okay in the Coco two and three. Um, my play testing, I knew I sucked, but I don't, I don't <laughs> pick games. Just games I'm good at. I want to be fair. I just pick, you know, I pick games that are interesting. And yeah. this is. Uh, this is one I thought was kind of unique to the Coco. I don't remember seeing anything else like it. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, it, um, you can see the asteroids, uh, uh, you know, tie in there when you have that kind of triangle-shaped ship that you can rotate and shoot in all directions. That's very much asteroids-inspired. And I guess you could consider the spider like an asteroid, that, uh, but it's a little bit more 
um, you know, focused versus just on a trajectory. And then you also have this added element of the uh, the barriers. It's yeah, it's an interesting mashup of of ideas. Mr. Dave in chat, I agree with him. He says uh, he he's implying that while it it's might be better strategy to stay still, Dave. Uh, Mr. Dave says it's more fun to fly your ship around, and I do I agree with that. Yeah. I found that using a, a digital control pad at least gave you a, was a little easier to control. Then you can just you know left and right to rotate, and forward and back to move forward and back, as opposed to the digital, uh, as opposed to the analog stick where you know as soon as you're on an angle, you're doing you're moving and and rotating, and you you know end up forming these loops and stuff. Which I guess if you get good at it, that'd be fun. But I'm not, so I like the digital control pad better so who else who here in the panel played this week we know that you did nick we know that uh, mark b did mark did you spend a fair amount of time playing the game um uh, a little while a few minutes on it did you like it david lad uh, i found it um at least using on vcc was kind of hard to control it okay. i did finally figure out left and right was turning and up and down was like moving oh like the thrust yeah Okay, Scott Cooper, Tasman, our winner this week, also mentioned that the digital joystick was easier than analog in this case here. Pro yeah. tip. Pro uh, tip. That's how I end up not getting zero. <laughs> Good one. All so right. I'm just looking to see who, uh, yeah, Ken Reichard played. Uh, Chet, Chet Simpson played. Uh, he does, he uh, he's selective on the games he takes part in, but I, I was nice to see. I know he likes this one. Mm. I'm pretty sure he mentioned it to me, uh, and it was one of the reasons I picked it because uh, I heard him mention it. Well, he patched yeah. it for uh, two oh, gigabytes. That's a good story. Yes, yeah. uh, it was. It wasn't working properly. The the way it was patched was uh, for the two megs uh, was sloppy. So Chet uh, Chet patched it. It's nice cool. to have people in our circle that can do things that quickly. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was good, and it was nice. I got post. I got uh, AC's family submitted scores uh, yesterday. His wife and his That's son. That's cool. Uh, so I love that. So I'm glad to see that this was a game that Marcy enjoyed, and uh, and Joshua Quaker, of course, uh, who's the son of David Quaker, uh, participated. Yeah, I like so. it when. Um... I like it when we get the family participation. That's uh, that's unexpected, but that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice. I really enjoy that. It's made it uh, that much nicer. Uh, and much nicer. Uh, David Ladd, are you still with us, or you did you step away? No, I'm still here. What were your experiences playing the game this week? Um, well, yeah, it's a, uh, it's not a bad game. I actually had this game when I was a kid. It's not in my top favorites but mm -hmm. i like the game <laughs> how often did you play it did you play it a handful of times at least or i pl played it a couple different nights um but yeah it's it's a uh, yeah it's, it's, it's cool it's okay um now the so what, what i think i just saw there the barrier itself it's just an obstacle but it's not a collision thing where you're not going to die if you hit the wall right right thank goodness it just, yeah it you just, just stops you okay so you just okay so that part I wasn't sure about. I'm like, man, okay, if you can't touch the walls, that's really going to suck. Oh, that would have been, that been evil. <laughs> Not, I'm really glad. I, I'm kind of thinking that uh, it looks like it only goes on certain, uh, like it looks like it's forming a grid. So it doesn't, so I guess it picks for its position only certain points along the, along the map. So you end up with a grid. Yeah, it's interesting. That's pretty cool. 
kind of mesmerizing to watch. Like oh, this some is sort so of this is them. this is the default color set. So which is your P mode four or P yeah. mode? Yeah, P mode four. Yeah. So yeah. Good stuff. So, all right. Yeah. So thanks again, guys, for this week. That was great. And I guess we're, are we ready to talk about the next game? Well, just just real quick, anybody who played, does anybody have any tips or tricks? So we've heard that we have a strategy for staying in the center. We've got some people say they prefer to fly around. Digital joysticks seem to work best. But anybody else have any takeaways to share? Or is this Leave one... yourself room to move. Uh, they'll wall you in fairly early. Uh-huh. You know, bump up against one of those walls and blast it down so that you have a place to escape to. A path. One of those zigzag spiders shows up. Gotcha. AC Zippid Zone says keep the fire button down for constant fire. Yeah, I did that. Okay. It's definitely, it's, you know, you can see the asteroid's inspiration, but it, does, it doesn't, like, at first glance scream, oh, yeah, this is an asteroid's clone or derivative, right? Like, no. Uh, unlike Lancer or Buzzard Bane or whatever. This I, one, I, think like, your ast- I think your asteroid's clone would be, like, microbes. Microbes, and there was, there was something else, too. There was, at least, there was at least two or three asteroid's clones, I thought. Okay, so Ken, Ken's strategy is kill spiders and don't die. Okay, good pro tip right there. Um, you know, how much you... How, how much do you pay to watch this show to get a valuable advice like that? <laughs> uh, like, you know, obviously back in the day, you had to buy magazines. Oh, oh, so I think we should yeah. share something else, too, just um, because I, we, we've noticed recently that there are people that are already waiting in queue on the show before the show goes live. And I wasn't even sure how that was possible since YouTube changed a few things on me. But because, because I set the show up in advance and I set the show to be in the Coco Talk playlist, apparently if you go to the OG Stevie Stroh YouTube channel, find the Coco Talk playlist, you'll see the most recent episode there. And that way you can get the sh- you can be, you know, on the show before the show starts. And, and honestly, I didn't even know that was possible. I just found out recently that people were doing that, and I wasn't sure how they're getting there. So I actually did it on my smart TV. So I actually went on my smart TV in the YouTube app. I went to my channel. I went to Playlist. I went to Coco Talk. I saw this episode was there. I clicked on it. The screen was blank. And as soon as we went live, it's, it's up on my TV now. So there is a way to get the show ready before the show starts. And um, as far as I know, that's the only way to do it. So just free advice there for those who want to be early. And we had a lot of early birds today. And thank you. And we're sorry. Um, yeah. People start chatting a couple minutes before the show starts. Yeah. It's, nice. yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. You're welcome to do that. Anybody that's, to today, do. that's today's nickels worth of free nickels advice. Nickels worth of free advice. And it's probably also worth mentioning because I don't know that everybody knows this. But for those of you who commute, you, there are podcast versions available of the show, both audibly and visually. So you can subscribe to Coco Talk on your favorite podcast uh, application, and you can take us with you wherever you go. Um, and so there's free free advice there, too. Um, no, it looks like an interesting game. I do regret not having time to play it this week, but it looks like it's fun. Um, yeah. And... Um, you know, I definitely will add this to my list of games that I. Uh, yeah, that I, 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 there's been a lot of unexpected things that we've that have come out of this game on challenge. Some of them are just finding games that we maybe never would have played before. Sometimes we find that hey, I found a game I really like that I probably wouldn't have tried. Or sometimes yeah, now that I've tried it, maybe it's not my favorite. I think the big uh, the big surprise was that um, when we had the big joust 
uh, battle that we thought there was going to be a clear victor. Uh, it was close, but honestly, yeah. the, the, the closest runner-up was Pegasus. So the we whole honestly Lan- still talk about yeah, that. The, yeah, the Lancer-Buzzard bait debate is almost like, well, apparently, Lancer is just, the people have spoken and Lancer is third place. Um, and, and those people are wrong, but that's okay. But um, the fact that Pegasus was a super close contender and our little vote was, was really a surprise. Uh, yeah. All puns aside, it was the dark horse in the in this race. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of things we f- we find. Like, and when we first started, it, it's amazing when you think how long we've been doing it. But Donkey King was the first one. I must have played Donkey King hundreds of times back in the day, but I never played it competitively. I never played it like taking it seriously. Like, how many points can I get? What level can I get to? You just played it to play it. And then in in the course of playing that game, you learn things like, well, you know, if you if you use the hammer every level, I'm like, I don't want to use the hammer. It's just going to waste time. Hammers are for wimps, right? But, you know, when you're playing for points, you can use the hammer twice on every level and just, you know, smack the crap out of stuff and get and get those points. And so these different strategies and approaches to playing, they start to evolve. So um, the, the fact that we have a bunch of people playing together and it becomes a shared experience, that's fun. The fact that we got... Uh, people with their kids playing and their spouses and it's become a family thing that was unexpected and that's just fun so a lot of good times have come out of this so again i mentioned at the beginning of the segment this was mr dave's suggestion so for those who like it you can thank him if you don't it's his fault he's under the bus but yeah this has been cool this has been fun and uh it's obviously a regular segment on the show now so um cool yeah well also don't forget the amount of effort that uh Nick, Nick, Nick puts into it. That that's I think what sustained it and kept it growing. Absolutely, and I think he puts it. at least three times the effort into it. Yeah, he puts in th- thrice the effort of any other segment host on this show. Well, that's why so, I have to say his name yeah, thrice. Nick, Nick, Nick. power him up for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick takes this very seriously. He has fun with it, but he takes it seriously. He, you know, he's on top of this. It's work throughout the week for him to tally these numbers and then produce the videos. And so, yeah. Good job, Nick, on this well, thank segment. Thank you. Been a runaway success. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're coming up on our 46th game, so it's going to be a year in about six weeks uh, of this uh, co- of this. Um, <laughs> Scott Cooper says it was voter fraud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. I can't believe it's been 46 weeks. Like it's it's unbelievable. So I do have a list. I keep a list current of all the games that we've done. I, I believe I, I believe I pin our it. I believe our French correspondent might have a uh, a figure of speech for that. Uh, how you say a uh, lake artist when something is 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 very good? It is a uh, it is a c'est c'est bon. Oh, c'est c'est it bon. Is- Oh, oui. okay. We, oui, we, oui. oh, merci, Lake Curtis, merci. So it's, we have I a lot do of- have complaint for um, Nick Marota. There's been no OS9 game. Oh. I believe that is because OS9 le sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they even have games on OS9? Of course they do. Uh, there he is. We got Gem Quest. We've Pac-Man. Got, we got, OS Nine. We have Thexter. Uh, We've got. There's a lot of stuff on OS. And Beta Six is going to be bringing more. We got all the Sierra games. My Sierra favorite games game guns. on OS Nine is Quick Gen. Quick Gen. <laughs> <laughs> you get it or not? Are we talking I, I was, OS Nine Lazy Use? Lazy Use. Yeah. Uh, My favorite uh, OS Nine thing is when I hit the reset button twice and go back to Color Basic. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit reset. Twice. 
Cool. Good times. Good times. Um, <laughs> Ken says OS9 is its own adventure game. <laughs> oh. You're in a clearing next to a cocoa. Okay, so the suspense is killing me, Nick Morota. What, <laughs> right. what game will the world and their families be playing next week? All right, well, next week's game is a request. I apologize, I can't remember who requested it, but it was on my list of requests that I maintain. Uh, and it is a clone. Dun, dun, dun. And I, I, I know you guys will know what this is when you see it. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Brewmaster. Brewmaster, yes. This is a game that appeared on many different consoles and computers back in the day. It was a heavily uh, covered game. So it we have a, our own. Uh, clone of Tapper or Root Beer Tapper, depending on which version you played in the arcade. Yes. So, uh, yeah. The object of the game, for those who haven't played, basically is to serve a drink to your patrons. Here, you got to make sure that you own. They, you have to make sure you don't put slide too many glasses down the bar, otherwise they crash. And you got to make sure they're actually facing you. Sometimes they'll stand yeah. with their back to you. Mm-hmm. So you want to you want to send a, a, a mug of drink down the bar when they are facing you and when they're demanding it. Otherwise they and you, and then they throw back the empty glass. You got to make sure you, you don't catch fall it. On the floor. Right. So you, you up. Up and down on the joystick to change which uh, tap you're standing in front of, and then left and right to run across. And the another back. cool animation, which I think they brought into this game, is when you're switching lanes, it leaves like a little whirl animation, like uh, like the you know kind of the cartoon of a cloud of smoke when somebody runs away. So you see like this little slash or this little whirl as the guy's yeah. moving up and down. Uh, that, I think that was in the arcade. What we're not seeing back here, just because of the vertical height of the Coco versus the arcade, is you don't see like the back wall and the marquee. And so the original version was just called Tapper, and there was a banner that said Budweiser. And apparently, yes. apparently, some parents got what we call a lay stick and lay bum, and um, we're yeah. not happy about kids playing a game that had beer. Uh, on there, so it got renamed to Root Beer Tapper later on. It was censored because the man was holding us down, and um, and so it became Root Beer Tapper. And so now he's serving root beer to clients versus real beer. Um, same game, but good times. Uh, it gets faster. You get more people in the lanes as time goes on. They get tricky. They stop looking. They'll look the other way. Uh, every now and then you get a bonus round where the guy will shake up the cans and do the shuffle game. You got to find the unshaken can for points. Was there other bonus rounds besides that? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. Did this one have that bonus round? Yeah, I think the bonus it did, round right? is it in does, this right? one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, you have to keep the uh, customers six feet apart, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so oh, that's the COVID, the COVID edition. edition yeah. They're all wearing masks. Yeah. So uh, sanitizing the, the glasses. And just as a note, this is one of the ones that when you play on your Coco 3, you're going to want to do the F1 reset for the uh, correct uh, artifact color scheme. Sanitizing the glasses. Let's not get crazy, people. Mm -hmm. Sanitize the glasses. Yes. Okay. The final brand in Australia was actually, uh, you might have got some color in it. Ah. Yeah, and so uh, Frodo's mentioning there's no dancers in this one. So apparently in the arcade version, there were uh, intermissions of dancing girls like can-can. Can-can dancers, yeah. I'm sure parents probably had something against that, too. Damn, parents always raining on our parade. They lay suck. All right, so... Um, so that's our game um, for the week. And thank you, Stevie. Thank you, you to all the participants the of the this week. The name of the and, game is uh, Brewmaster. Brewmaster. Brew. Uh, that's uh, Le Brewmaster. Le Brewmaster. Uh, oh. 
Libri so thank you, Stevie, and for the participants, and I look forward to seeing what you guys do with this game this week. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We've just been joined by Chad Cunnington, Nick's neighbor from Australia. G'day, Chad. How you doing? G'day. I uh, had my last shift yesterday. I'm on holidays for a month. All right. God bless you. On holidays. Going to put so a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> I'm down to the beach for five days and up the mountains for a week, so that'll be awesome. Okay. Catching up with family. So, Ale, Ale, Curtis Boyle, will you be ready to do our game on news? Yes, I'll me. do a quick introduction for you, and then you can take it away. We will do game on. And now, Coco. All right, everybody, it's time for Game on News with our French correspondent, Lay Curtis Boyle. Take it away, Lay Curtis. Thank you. I will try to post the links at the same time. This is a, oh. uh, This is what is known as multitasking. Oui, oui. Oh. Are you doing this on the Matra and Hachette? <laughs> I don't. Don't know what you said. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the little red Alice. There we go. Okay. We can see you, L. Curtis. Lay Curtis. Yes. Lay Curtis Boyle. Curtis. Baguette not included. Lay Curtis Boyle. Uh, Does that mean Paul that our regular Curtis Boyle is like Spanish? Yes. That's He's right. L. Curtis Boyle. L. Curtis. That Boyle. means the Curtis Boyle in Spanish. That's right. Uh, yes. Uh, Paul Shoemaker showed an update to his Semigraphics 12 3D maze game, which now includes overlay windows. Uh, wait, wait, uh, and Lake Curtis. Oh, yes. uh, can, can I'm, you I'm just... can you repeat that and with the right uh, fake accent, please? You're going to make me do that. Can we please yes. not do that? I was really just I was <laughs> I was just breathing a sigh of relief when he dropped the phony accent. Oh come <laughs> on! Oh, Super play. Super play. update to his uh, Semigraphics 3D maze game. Oh, very good. Trey Manifee. My wife. Mercy, mercy. Uh, <laughs> Which now includes overlay windows, arrows showing your direction of movement, and many other awesome graphical bits. So let's let's watch. Let's roll tape. How, oh, look at that! that? Okay. Look, oh, there. I like I like the detail on the doors. It's locked. I find this game arrowing. Yeah. <laughs> arrowing. <laughs> I yes. got it. You can't walk Arrow. through walls. Hey, idiot! You can't walk through walls. I told you not to be stupid, you moron. Oh, look at that. A, <laughs> green type of tube. Oh, look at that. That is a really cool semi-graphics. Oh, spiders. They're scary. Oh, it's David Ladd. Hey. Is that a playing card? <laughs> I don't like you very much, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. That the, is really the monsters cool. look like playing cards. So. Yeah, one of them looked like an X-ray, and the dragon really cool. over dragon over the uh, horizon there. And there is there, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. This is a turning animation. Oh yeah, look at that! Now it, look at that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, Cuthbert <laughs> Dragon. Our friend in the UK, we oui, we oui. has added more dragon game videos. I this believe week. he is uh, how you say across le pond. 
Et croise le pont? Oui, oui. Oui. And we just called the UK Ook. 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 I cannot fit the uh, comments in the chat box, but okay. I'm just going to say he added more game videos. Look it up yourselves, folks. Okay. <laughs> Including bumpers, which is right here. Okay. Starfighter, monsters, Cuthbert and the Golden Chalice, Bendito. It's a bump. Azul goes ballooning. Uh, and many more. Let's just look at one of them. Bumpers. Bimpers. Yeah, if you don't mind Frodo posting the links, that would be great. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Oh, uh, Frodo, yeah, if you want to take over, I won't uh, complain. Okay. Okay, so this is kind of pain in the walls. What just killed him, though? Are you, I'm assuming you're the smiley face, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. Never seen yes. Yeah. It looks like you're navigating the smiley face. It looks like I, th I thought he was painting those walls, or like when you come across it, it, it puts in the walls for you. I think he's discovering the walls. Oh, you're discovering them. Oh, so you don't know where the maze is going to be. It's a mystery maze. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. It was a lay mystery. Oh, so those were some oh. missing walls there. Okay. It shows you where they would have been. Frodo says there's no link for the bumpers game though. Okay. Um, he, there is no link okay. Frodo, on this one. This is the bonus Let's, link. You want to try one of the other ones? Let's see. Star. Oh, this is. Oh, because he's picking some at random that are not necessarily in the actual yeah, news. Yeah, Curtis didn't actually include a link either. Bandito. Oh, so this is a slot machine. I was thinking of like. Um, we just won 40p. Cool. Hi, Rez. Cool. Yeah. Right. Hi, Rez. Not a lot of colors, but that's okay. Because it's we Pal. Got Rail Runner. Yeah, Pal. Basil goes ballooning. Cuthbert Dragon. Make sure you guys follow Cuthbert Dragon on the YouTube if you guys like the Dragon games, which there are, are lots of them, and they're all pretty cool. And they're mostly compatible. Yeah. So you're supposed to shoot the ornithopters? Pretty cool. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. I'm hearing a little bit of background noise from somebody. Maybe it's you, Chad. If you could maybe mute for a bit if you're not talking. Le mute. Yeah, it is. Um, S'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. That's All right. And there's there's more of them. So but wait, there's more. Look. Okay. So make sure you guys look for Cuthbert Dragon on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and show him, show him some love. All, All right. right. Well, Frodo, if you're ready, we're going to go to number three on the game on. And this is Jim Gary posted Jim Gary. a MC10 port of Conway's Life, originally what? from 1970. This is like the game of life? Okay. I'm I'm currently in the middle of playing the game of life, and so far I've been getting a lot of raw <laughs> raw moves, man, raw deals. <laughs> okay. This is creation by Clive Gifford. Jim carries my runner up. So we have three O's. You sunk my battleship. Um, well, I guess I'll skip around, but you know. This and is then the this game. is supposed to be creating reactions to things, right? 
I vaguely comprehend what's supposed to be going on. Thank you for posting those links, Frodo. Kind of looks uh, like minefield. It grows in relation to what was there before. So in adjacent cells, certain rules will decide if a new thing forms there. And you'll get patterns that like fly across the screen and do other neat things. So yeah. it's live. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. Kind of, it's kind of like dealing with, uh, with uh, yeah, it's like organisms and single cells and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Jim Gary's a beast. Another game by Jim. He's my runner up. Okay. Jim uh Jim's game decoy also got the runner up prize in the Trash Talkers program. Oh now look talk about newsletters. Look at this. This looks really good. Very eighties. Um, the color category uh is what where he won. Allison Denu, our own Allison Denu, won that category with her game uh Xenocide, which she will hopefully talk about and demo on the show. And you can see the complete results starting on page four of their huge newsletter here. This, this is, is page really two, page three. Um, Video text. Page four. Look at that. Okay, Allison Denou, winner, Zenocide. Look at my rudder up. Jim Gary. Oh yeah. It's not every no. day you can. You can beat Jim. And Gary. you can see this is here, the it, only it, time that's ever going to happen. Now, with four <laughs> votes, I'm 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 going to I'm going to call voter fraud on this one. I believe a recount is in order. <laughs> I want to I want the names and numbers of all four people. I want to know that they are registered Signature voters. Matching. Citizens. I got both sets of electors. <laughs> <laughs> now, but can we confirm confirm that these voters were actually alive? Yes. I'm going to get a major award. Oh, Reggie Yeah, uh, Ken says nobody can beat Jim Gary with with volume, and we're not even talking about how loud he turns it up. We're talking about the quantity of material that he produces on a <laughs> hourly basis. So, uh, cool okay, stuff. Congratulations, Allison. Thank you very much. It's nice thank to be recognized, much. especially recognized by you know not completely in the inner circle, but to be recognized by people in the greater community at large too so my pride is overweening at the moment <laughs> new games for the trs80 in 2020 say it isn't even how is this even possible how is this possible how there's also a video possible? by vintage is the new old of the winners of this year's competitions including the trs80 model 123 category and two for the color computers color your your french lake color we can take a quick look at the TRS-80 model one, two, three. Uh, it would help. This is a really interesting game, by the way. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's like it's semi-graphics. It's a higher, yeah, a, a monochrome semi-graphics is what the TRS-80 was, and what they were able to do with that resolution is utterly impressive. They're doing the fact that we're scrolling a snake game. This is like Snake meets Time Bandit, you know. Isn't this amazing? Uh, it is. It absolutely is. We're getting smooth scrolling and uh, panning through a play field. I assume you get fast reaction on the keyboard, too. That is really impressive. You have died of hunger. At least it's not dis <laughs> you have died of dis dysentery. Yeah, dysentery. So, <laughs> 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 so you have like, to eat food. All right. Well, let me skip that. That's ahead cool. Here. That is really cool. 
you got keys. You got all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, kind of, so it kind of reminds me of Time Bandit a little bit, like a like a multi-directional scrolling Time Bandit type game. Okay, and this is some kind of uh, Trek 2014 with a GitHub This is address. like traditional Trek game. Yeah, like old school Starfleet text game, right? Yeah, for God's sakes, Jim. It's got quadrants and stuff. Wow. Ooh. Look at that. Red alert. Oh, look at that. We've got animation on the Birds of Prey going on there. Mm-hmm. You got the Enterprise. But does it go... Dun, 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 oh, look dun, at that explosion. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh. Look at that. Wow. That was freaking epic, man. You should see the Uhura fan dance. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Hey, at least, at least the green skin aliens are perfect for this emulator here, too. So, <laughs> yeah, like Commercial games here. Yeah, man. Okay. Really cool. We're getting closer to the... Is this a long play? Are we actually uh, going to the edge of the galaxy in this one? Well, oh, we what a calculator! No man has gone before. That's right. What are we calculating at this point now? Very. Uh, those would be uh, the uh, sine and cosine of angles one through three fifty nine. Oh wow, that sounds very scientific. Yes. Did if you calculated them on the fly, it would slow things down. Okay. Yeah, it's like. 60 seconds of goodness. Did, um, did, you, did you not take advantage of the math coprocessor in the Coco, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> I took that out to put in the real-time clock. <laughs> yes. You got to pick your All battles right. here. Yeah. Oh, oh, so there's yeah. your see, there's your rotating around the earth type thing. Exactly. See, that type of math will never make it into my brain, so and that's <laughs> fine. Okay. So what's oh, happening he, here? He, he knows how to work the ship's console. I'm... I'm very pleased. Enemy missiles inbound. Danger, Will Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sort of dance around. They're a little random. Pew, 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 pew. This is some interesting stuff, by the way. P-Copy works so fast that I can keep a, a storage of the whole screen, essentially, before you fire your lasers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is really cool. This this made its way into the newsletter too. So, yeah. looks like is it popping a zit on the face of the Earth? Is that what just happened there? It's a, on the face of uh, another planet. Oh, another planet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a alien zit. We're lancing boils on someone's buttock. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's really classing up the show, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Allison, Allison, anything you want to particularly cover? Um, so I don't. Well, you know, it, this game is the reason why I bought a computer in the first place, kind of. I mean, it's the detritus of the reason why I bought a computer in the first place. When I first realized what computers could do back in 1980, uh, you know, Sunny, it was. Uh, it was like, I want to make this game that's so cool where you're going to fly around and blow up planets. Yeah, that is cool. And, you know, and I had this thing in my head where it was going to be this beautiful blue-white planet floating in your view screen. And you'd be all like, yes, I am I'm thinking in Klingon. Well, I, she, it, it, was, it was way beyond anything we could have done with an 8-bit or a 16-bit or 
today. And, uh, you know, and this is what's left of it. You know, it's like, uh, well, I'm still dropping bombs on the planet and they're still firing missiles at me. And, uh, you know, but it became way more of an arcade shooter at some point. And, but that was in my head, you know, and I did the, uh, I I actually, you wrote something like this back in the eighties, but it was lost to the sands of time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, about, uh, I don't know, seven or eight months ago, I just sat down and, you know, just wrote it from scratch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's impressive. All that little high school math in here. You can see it, see the high school math showing. <laughs> it's cool. Thank you. Now we got That's a Jim cool. Gary goodie here. Decoy. A decoy. WASD. Okay. Look here at this. Go. This is so cool, man. Wow. This, that, and wow. The scrolling. Yeah. And this guy's I, my runner up. Imagine how great my program must be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like the anti-aliasing is uh, working here. Yeah, yeah. There's almost no zagging. <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool. And he's got the inverted at signs, which are not easy to print. Maybe they're easier on the MC-10. Because uh, you almost have to poke that on the screen on the Coco. I think it's getting the uh, MC-10 to not show inverted ads. Oh, that's hard. Oh, okay. And there's also probably a poke you could do that would invert everything. Uh, I've done that on the Coco. It's a complete pain in the you-know-what. Yeah. Oh, Ken Reichert says, I tried decoy, but I kept finding the wrong one. <laughs> uh-huh. No, that's cool. All right. You know, decoy is a French word, Lake Curtis. Ah, decoy. It, it is, well, we... It's French I, for the coy. It is a root. <laughs> decoy? <laughs> Um, our friend Frodo uh, is next up. He probably has this memorized. Uh, so he did a whole bunch of gameplay. We'll try to flip through some of them. But I, Frodo, if you post that link, um, people will, can check out the whole gameplay video. Uh, here, trying to get to it. Here's Spider. Hey, side. good job, Frodo. I'm going to have to watch yeah. some of Frodo's stuff. I, I have a hard time finding time to watch other people because I'm either working or playing my own games. Can you see this, Stevie? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, It emulates beautifully. Yeah. And I'm sorry I missed the week Frodo was on. Frodo, I'd like to get you back on where I could be on with you. So we, we talked a, a lot about spider side, so let me s- skip on. Oh, he's also playing in the uh, P-Mode 3 colors. This is not the stock color, right? Because the stock color is the artifact, right? That's right. Yeah, and it does work when you press M at the very beginning. Okay, I can hear some of the sound effects. Look at Frodo's got a lot of fans in the room here. Is that why it's so breezy? That's why it's so breezy. <laughs> and uh, what are you doing? Is he using a mister? Yeah. Look at this. Look at this guy using a mister. I've never used a mister before. I'll have to try that. You can just Looks give like a little a spritz with your mister. And... Or a cocoa pie. I can't, can't tell. Oh, but good, Frodo. Anyway, he's... Yeah, I'd like to get Frodo he's back He's got on. Jet Set Willy. Ooh, look at that. What's going on? I'm done. Oh, no, with the uh, artifact colors. Yeah, the artifacting on this is pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Now, which core is this? Is this the Coco 3 core from uh, Roger Taylor, or is this the generic Coco 1 and 2 core, or Dragon Core? I don't know. Hopefully Frodo can answer that for us. Frodo would have to tell us. But the it's the Dren Core. The, the Dren Core. <laughs> uh, now, the artifacting is really good. Okay, and next up uh, on Frodo's list is Jeweled. And this is uh, Roger Taylor's. Yes, that's right. Some folks in uh, Facebook were asking if we had any of uh, this type of game, and we do. Yeah, and um, and uh, John Strong has made one, too, called Gems. That's right, Gems, and Gems 2. Okay. So John Strong's, I believe, are not free, but they're probably reasonably priced. Okay, so yeah, Frodo says this is Roger's Cocoa 3 Core. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see what else is next. That's cool. All right. Thanks for more playing Roger. Coco games, letting the world see that, Frodo. The world needs to see more Coco goodness. That's right. Now we've got Manic. Manic. Mansion? Uh, it could see. be Manic Panic. I used to dye my hair with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I thought it was just for men, touch of gray. <laughs> I got more than a touch. <laughs> uh, no, this is really cool. Uh, the artifact colors look really good on this. Oh, you see how the floor kind of degrades when you walk on it down there? Those are kind of like pushable floor panels. Look at that freaking honking oh. thing, whatever the hell that thing is. Looks like something from Yellow Submarine, a big meanie or something. So many games, thanks to our yeah. dragon friends. And we've got more. Oh, we got freaking ostriches. Oh, now this must be on a, like a ZX Spectrum or something, right? Because I recognize that color palette. Palat is not being a cocoa one. Color cartridge. No, Soviet Soviet rock. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, game plays you. Yes. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, okay. Let me Manic. see what else we got. Yeah, this I love uh, I love seeing some just random gameplays. This does look like all kinds of eighties goodness. Wacky, Ooh, manic miner. Cool, All Frodo. Right. Very cool, and Frodo. Then, thank you for your retro contributions. Thank you. Last but not least, this just in too. Steve Bamford, aka Bosco, posted this to our Discord server today. Oh, Spectrum. Spectrum is saying it's from the Specky. The yes, ZX Spectrum. Um, Circe's Island is is back on the development schedule. From Steve Bamford in the Circe's Island channel on Discord. On Discord, yeah. And where can you find dis- our Discord? At cocotalk.discord.lay.discord.laycocotalk.laylive. It's uh, discord.lay.cocotalk.live. So discord.cocotalk.live will be the easy-to-remember link to jump on our Discord server. But if you're in Francais, you put a lay in front of everything. Lay dot. Lay dot, yeah. Discord.cocotalk.live. Sir, yes, um, sir. Cirrus's Island um, takes advantage of the Game Master cartridge with its sound chip and runs on all the TRS-80 and Tandy color computer 1, 2, and 3 and and compatibles. It's in Discord. Uh, We're we're pulling it up from the Discord uh, Cirrus's Island channel under gaming. So, yeah, there really wouldn't be a normal link link for that. People would have to go to Discord to get it. 
Love the title screen. Very Japanese looking. Obviously, it seems mm-hmm. like a kind of a Mario World inspired type game, but with different characters and maybe some different mechanics. I know there's treasure chests involved and breaking things open and bopping things and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, get ready. Bonus stage. Game over. Secret stage. Shh. It's a Ooh. secret. It's a secret. Shh, shh, shh. One day on a faraway island. Ooh. Stage clear. Insert coin. Stage bonus. That is so cool. And honestly, it doesn't it it doesn't look terrible with the green color set. It it doesn't look bad. You know, sometimes if you look at arcade games with this green background and like, why why couldn't we have more colors? But this doesn't look bad. And additional screens. A lot of la- a lot of rounds and levels. And I remember mm-hmm. I haven't heard it in a while, but remember hearing some earlier versions of some of the background music and title music it was really good using a real sound chip to uh, make background music yep. and the game master cartridge is implemented in mame that's right I believe. so, so mame and xroar mm-hmm. and i believe chet simpson's got it working for vcc but he's got to upload it to the repository or whatever uh cool stuff Really good-looking graphics and visuals. Very uh, nice and pixely. It it has a familiar feel to it. It very much feels like a Mario or NES-type game. But it's got kind of a unique kind of pirate theme and different characters and stuff. But very much like a Japanese-inspired, side-scrolling, platformy type game. Looks really cool. And that's Game On news there we go that is game on news everybody thank you la curtis boyle um, oh, merci merci beaucoup merci, merci beaucoup uh-huh. um how about we do this we are going to um we're going to plug a little bit of the buck off promotion just for your holiday viewing pleasure we'll take a brief commercial break after that and then we'll come back with news news with oui, our oui. foreign con- correspondent la curtis boyle uh, so here's a little, um, okay. Allison has to go. Thank you, Allison. Thanks for stopping by. So we'll be back after these words, everybody. I might as well share sound so you guys can hear it right now. And here we go. Had enough of 2020? Well, now you can get the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Coco Fest Edition digital copy for a buck off until the end of the year. But this edition never appeared at Coco Fest. Buck off! Wasn't the original version free? Buck off! What the hell? Haven't you been pushing this trash for over a year now? Buck off! Somebody screen sharing? At Ken's Coco Corner. Itch.io. Remember, you've still paid too much. Why is my screen all screwed up here? After these messages, we'll be right back. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. 
On holidays, Uncle JT would entertain us with stories of his business conquests and his assistant who would meet any deadline that he imposed, no matter how ridiculous. Well, until she shot him in the face, that is. Hi, this is the award-winning Alan Huffman of Subbie the Software, and you're watching Stevie Fall Off Cliffs. What's going on, guys? Stevie Stroh here, and I want to say thank you so much for being part of this adventure with us. It's been such a great experience in doing Cocoa Talk every week, and the support we get is just amazing. And so the fact that you watch and listen is all the reward that we need. However, if you would like to become a patron of the show and offer some financial assistance towards the production and hosting costs of the show, we do have a Patreon site available for that, and you can reach that by going to our website at cocotalk.live and clicking on the Patreon link. But just do us a favor and watch and listen to the show. This is not the Joey Serial Switch. This is the Joey Serial Switch. Control up to three serial devices. Order yours today at CocoMan.biz. Radio Shack, America's technology store. This Christmas, Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing dagger with like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on news with El Cardinal. Muppet News Flash. And this week it is the French correspondent Lay Curtis Boyle bringing us the news. It is an honor. Merci, Le Curtis. I will share my screen. No? Oui, oui. Uh, we have already talked about the newsletter being uh, We can talk about it again. It's kind of like Nick Morota. You know, when it's, <laughs> when it's something that I'm involved with, I can't hear it quite as often as, as it should be. But yeah, well, we did drop the latest uh, issue of the Coco123 newsletter, which you can download from the Glenside Color Computer website, glensideccc.com. Uh, we also posted a link on the mailing list. If you're subscribed to us via Tandy List, you got an email blast on that. It's been shared out on Facebook. It is a PDF digital publication. Uh, what I will say about it is a couple of things. Number one, we had a great team working on it. So this was not just Steve doing whatever half-assed thing he could do at the last minute to throw some shite up on the wall and see if it stuck. Uh, we worked on this actively and proactively, and we got a lot of content, a lot of great submissions. Uh, Alan Murphy and Rick Eulin submitted. Um, we had a sum submission from Salvador Garcia. We had a submission from uh, Tim Lindner. Uh, Rick, uh, Rick um, thank you, you're too kind. Rick... 
What the hell is his Adams. last name? Adams. There we go, Adams. I'm drawing a freaking brain <laughs> fart right now. So we talked about this, and on the show where Rick found a bunch of stuff in his basement, well, he gave me really good clean scans of all that. So we've got some pretty detailed pictures of a lot of the cocoa history that Rick Adams did. So that's just some of the uh, contributions. Uh, and then I went ahead and went through and did a year-end review and news. And it's surprising how much news, how much stuff has happened on the Coco, the Dragon, and the MC-10. So there's a lot of news in the newsletter, which we were kind of called out on last time saying, well, there wasn't really a lot of news in this newsletter. And that's because it was behind schedule and everything else and kind of rushed out. So I kind of made up for that this time around. And so I want to thank everybody who helped me work on it. Um, but I do want to say that if you're if you're a fan of the cocoa, you're going to like it. But I also think this is something where somebody who's maybe from another community, somebody from the Apple community or Atari community, they might look at this and say, what the hell have these cocoa people been smoking this year? Because they are doing some cool, cool stuff. Whatever they're drinking, I want a glass. So um, I think this is going to hopefully inspire some people to maybe submit more content in the future, which we'd love because we've been getting great contributions. And hopefully it'll give people appreciation for just how much activity has been going on in our crazy little community these past 12 months so i want to thank everybody who's been awesome all year and i want to thank everybody who helped put this together and i really say guys check it out give us feedback and give us content uh, contributions submissions we want to have them we want uh the, the newsletter to be bigger and betterer all the time so that's it on that great thank you stevie thank you you too cat thank you um Sheldon McDonald and I I watched a little bit of of his videos. He's been doing some cool um making assembly easier and 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 making uh shortcuts for people to to be able to program faster. Um he posted a second update to his editing tool. I'll start playing uh which with functions he added error trapping and some help on function libraries. And you can uh, basic has. <laughs> you can find out more. Even though it's uh, <laughs> kind of not necessary, where I'm saving it. Is... So we won't go through the whole thing, but he he shows you how to launch your code in VCC. Code I had, and all Let's sorts of it. tips and tricks. Um, so yes. be sure to check out Sheldon McDonald. Okay, the amigos had their ICC meeting at the end of Coco Talk last week, and both Nick Morentes and L. Curtis Boyle, my Spanish cousin, did presentations, as did many others, covering the Amiga, C64, Atari 8-bit, and other computers. You can watch the whole four-hour show um, at this link that Frodo is posting, or you can skip ahead if you really want to see Nick Marentes, if you have to see Nick Marentes, you can go to... And why anybody would is beyond me, but... Uh, why? Other than his trash cans, I'm not a fan. Uh, let's see if I can get to the precise moment that Nick... Let's see? Here Wait we go. for the color computer. Uh, I normally just program games, but every now and then I like to dabble a little bit on the, on the hardware. So I don't know how familiar people are 
who are on the show here about the cocoa. But I made a bit of a video that sort of, uh, because I'm, I'm a bad talker, so I figured I'd make a video that would explain it, introduce it, and introduce the problem I was trying to solve. Okay, so I think he's going to talk about the video that he showed on Cocoa Talk, as you can see, um, with the MP3 player and Gunstar, yeah. etc. So, and I think you can pretty much guess what Curtis is going to talk about. RS-DOS? So, <laughs> uh, so, if you want to check that out, um, some of it will be a, a rehash of things you saw on Cocoa Talk, but it's it looks like a good show, and it's great to see the... Tandy color computer uh, being included with these other inferior. Machines. Yeah, and honestly, this is something that I was hoping we could uh, evolve this show into an offshoot where we talk about more than just a cocoa and talk about other systems. And I just, you know, since we need, we need to get more people who are more familiar with those systems to add some some discussions in there. But I would love to do more. Um, retro talk shows where we're covering a lot of different systems because I like learning about things that I don't have or use and seeing what, you know, I'd love to know what's going on on the Atari 8-bit and this and that and the other. So I've wanted to do a show like this, but I just, we haven't, I haven't been able to pull it together. But since we, we've gotten a lot more viewership from around the world lately, maybe we can revisit doing uh, a concept I had that was called Retro Talk where we talk about retro all kinds talk. of retro systems, not just a cocoa. Uh, this is a great idea. And I like that we have this kind of meeting, uh, this kind of uh, United Nations of vintage systems all coming together. You know, it's very cool. I, I am going to have to go back and watch this to see everybody's minds explode <laughs> when Curtis is showing them all this multitasking. Or their eyes glazing over and they start nodding Or off their or eyes glazing over. <laughs> and you can you spot know. right here where the coma started. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, you can't do that on a 6502. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that's cool the International, International Computer Club. Good job. And I gave those guys a shout-out in the newsletter, too. Sirian Anscombe Karen. has put together a first draft of his VDHL. I remember I had that once in college, mm. uh, VDHL, but it cleared up <laughs> pretty quickly. There's an ointment for that. Y yeah, uh, implementation of the glue logic for use for using the 6847 chip in a Dragon 64. He would like some people to test it. Uh, so, so, this is where I'm a little bit lost. Did the Dragon 64 not use the VDG? Did it use something else? I don't know if there's 60 out there that can comment on this or anyone else has... Because I, th I thought all of the Cocos and Dragons used that 6847 VDJ, so I'm a little bit... I, I, I thought they did, too, because it was just basically the Coco and the Dragon was a, uh, the a variation of the The glue logic is the, um, the part that glues it in. So, yes, so, it's the 6847, but you have other support that's required to actually take advantage of it. So, would and, this uh, be this sort of our, our SAM chip, then? The, yeah, parts like the, the SAM chip. Okay. So Dragon 64 PAL logic, okay. So this is specific to the Dragon, not necessarily to like Coco emulations of using the stock VDG or anything. I'm, that's where I'm a little bit fuzzy on this just because I don't understand the hardware that well. Maybe um, Siren or Sixy can come on the show and talk okay. about it in a future episode. PAL logic, okay. So glue logic is a generic term they use for support chips that make chip A talk to chip B. Like the middle 
the middle circuitry, the, the tweener stuff. Right. Okay. I understand that much. Okay. So apparently there's some tweener tech in the Dragon 64 that's got experimental support going on right now. And find out more on GitLab where uh, Siren Anscombe has a page there. Very cool. Paul, moving on, Paul Fiscarelli, our friend Paul, put up a demo of his new utility for the Grease Weasel, David Ladd, David Grease Ladd. Weasel. Grease Weasel. Grease Weasel. Grease Weasel. Oh. <laughs> oh. My Grease Weasel's ready to go. Ooh. To allow backing up copy-protected Cocoa Discs that you own and then exporting the raw flux copies of those files to run in emulators and eventually to SDF to work on the Coco SDC. Get the flux out of here. He demonstrates on Yes, I watched that video. I watched the whole thing. It's like nine minutes long, but I was was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I did watch it. (laughs) Is this a water-soluble or a no-clean flux? (laughs) Ooh, this is like pornography for David Lab. Yeah. <laughs> That's a topless flappy. <laughs> topless flappy. <laughs> Baby, keep going. <laughs> Ooh. Look, David, they're showing her, her sectors. Ooh. Ooh, show us those sectors. Ooh. Wow. Medieval Madness. Which is a DICOM, the DICOM stuff were um, heavily copy protected. Yes. And this There's, is cool. See, this is the stuff that I can start to understand when I can see it. You know, it's hard for me to grasp abstract concepts, but if you can make something slightly visual, it's it's definitely easier for me to grasp it. And the fact that he's got kind of this hex view of the content of what's in this floppy image that he just captured is pretty cool. And this can pr- protect your game without you having to constantly spin it in your disk drive. Yeah, yeah. Directory listing. Oh, okay. So Evan Mooney is pointing out that what the Karen thing was that the dragon had some extra had some uh, extra scan lines that NTSC doesn't need because PAL is six hundred and twenty five scan lines. So that's what some of that glue logic must have been was to PAL um, PAL compensate for an NTSC chip possibly. Right, because NTSC would only have five hundred twenty five lines. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Pardon my ignorance, but thanks for clearing that up, Evan. Thank you, Evan. Uh, yes. My ignorance okay. amuses me. We talked about Paul Fiscarelli and his we grease did. weasel. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool video. It really is. And for me, being non-technical, I really appreciated this. So for those of you who are into the bits and all that kind of stuff and the nuts and bolts and stuff, this is very good. Paul does a good job on presenting things where even an idiot like me can follow. So Now, Kurt L. Curtis Boyle, my Spanish cousin, put uh, combined the two names in in these two notes and called this next person Paul Simon. Paul Simon Jonathan. So, Paul Simon Jonathan is porting the part of his last Cocoa 3 demo, the spinning bouncing donut, as you can see there. Okay, and then Sixy Paul- just chimed in too. It says, yes, the VDHL just describes the extra stuff a dragon needs to make up a PAL signal, etc. Okay, thank you, Okay, 60. there must be a delay from across the pond here yeah <laughs> but that's good thank you sixy and um let's see if there's any sound no and 
Yeah, that was on his Coco 3 demo from Coco Fest from before. Oh, and he's porting it to the Coco. He's porting it to the Coco too. Yeah, very cool. It looks shinier. It looks more rainbowy. Like on the Coco 3, it was just like kind of um, like a steel blue grayscale shades of just different shades of the same color. Um, But this almost has a rainbow effect since the uh, Coco 2 doesn't really have gradients and palette shades. Mm -hmm. The fact that it only has these four colors makes it kind of a rainbow, almost like uh, the thermal map you see like when you watch the Predator and stuff. Kind of looks like that. (laughs) Yeah, It's the Paul Simon thing. The Paul Simon. (laughs) Steve Norton says, "Mm, mmm, donuts. (laughs) That's cool. Mm. Simon, Simon's always up to something. Always up to trouble. Next up, Aaron Newcomb has a new video on adding HDMI output to a Coco One or other machines, like an Apple II. Who cares about that? Is that machines? like a sewing machine back there? Are those like spools of thread? I don't know what he's got going on. That's wire. I'm being silly. But uh, no well dressed Finch, which converts <laughs> the analog. Oh, excuse me, the uh, digital RGB signals that come out of, uh, let's say, a CGA signal or an EGA signal or even a monochrome uh, digital signal out of the back of a computer. And we it takes those and converts those uh, through the use of this CPLD to be able to... CPLD. Is there any TTL in that CPLD? Yeah. He lost me at CPLD, but... Uh... Anyway, you can see more. Let's see if there's any. Yeah, if you go all the way to about the last ten minutes, he has video okay. where he's he's tweaking it there. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see those off to he's the He's tweaking. Yeah, this is where he's tweaking it because he has some. Uh, you can see along the right hand side of his screen there. There's a little yeah. fluctuation there. Yeah. yeah. And he's mm-hmm. there's uh this thing has a a menu driven. Uh, you can go in and change different settings. Oh and yeah, look he, at that. And he goes in and compensates for that. Can we do that to the show? Can we compensate for the fluctuation of quality in this program? No. <laughs> Stevie, I have a feeling you're trying to compensate for something. <laughs> I don't know what the cost is for the parts, though, but this is a really interesting project, though, that he does to because uh, it can be used in, all, in basically yeah. any cocoa. Now this this is cool. This is a fairly higher than average tech solution for getting a display out. I I came across a post in Facebook this morning where somebody's like, "Hey, I just got a Coco Two. I didn't realize I have nothing to hook it up to. How do I get it on my TV?" And there's like all these really well, you can buy this composite mod, and you can do this, and you can write do this diagram here, and you know build a windmill. And I'm like, you know, you could just do a freaking coax with an you know F type to RCA connector, and boom, you're done. So sometimes we have a t- tendency to want to over-engineer a simple solution because we can and we have, but... Uh, <laughs> CocoVGA.com. Yeah, there right? you go. So. That's all you need to know. Okay. Uh, Aaron, he has an update in this forum, and this is so he's showing how you can get an uh, artifact colors, like fake art- artifact okay. colors. Which is a uh, redundant, but well, it would be like fart attack colors. <laughs> fart attack colors. Okay, well, yeah, they look a little bit highly saturated, but they're there. They're like yeah. the, the blue looks a little brighter and stuff, but um, that's pretty cool. All right, thank you, Aaron Newcomb. Always doing stuff. We've got our Alan friend from uh, always has his towel from the Subitha. 
Alan Huffman posted part two of his blog article about benchmarking the Coco keyboard. And William Astle has a great explanation comment already posted to it. So let's see what did um, what did William say? Something profound. Something profound. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. So I'm just kidding. Gonna... He's saying that the key buff thing is actually much more straightforward than it looks. It's basically holds uh, the result of the reading FF00. Come on, Lay uh, Curtis, you should know this, right? I, Everybody you know, knows that it uh, holds the result of the reading FF00 from each keyboard. I would have to right? translate the page, you see. Uh, lay, lay FF, Lay 00. zero. Right. So. Doesn't everybody know that? <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Technically, <laughs> doesn't yeah. everybody know that? If you this is obviously why the unupgraded MPI smashes on top of it. Oh, obviously. <laughs> so if you want to learn about buffers and pokes and all sorts of stuff. What about floor buffers? <laughs> Make sure to uh, to go to... Alan Huffman's page. Very cool. Alan is, yeah, when I was compiling the news, Alan had a busy year. Alan was a very busy boy this year. He was very busy in the community. Yeah. Um, Robert Sieg, who has also been very busy, yes, he has, has posted a directory viewer and launcher to use with the MCX32 upgrade for the MC10 and is looking for feedback. Currently, it is posted in the Facebook MC10 group. Yes. I would like to provide some feedback. Go ahead, sir. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Yeah, That's actually, I, I think I'm going to buy one of these just because cause I can. Right? I've, you know, I've got the MCX-128 that I think I've used once. I've got two MC10s that I'll hardly ever use, but this thing exists, so I must own one. Um, and then I think I will probably play with the whole... SD card thing. So this is kind of cool a utility for viewing what's on the disk of the SD card. So the cool thing about this one is you can actually save straight to the SD card without having to like create a virtual floppy and mount a virtual floppy. So you're saving straight to the raw disk through the thing. So now you need to have a way to kind of manage that disk, right? So or view that disk and whatnot. That's right. Cool stuff. Cool stuff from Robert Sieg. Robert Sieg. When he's not busy making all kinds of cool uh, image conversions and 256 color modes and stuff. That's right. He proved there is a 256 color mode. Absolutely. And it looks terrible. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why nobody has used it. But uh, he's done some great work um, there. So Antonio Carlos Jimenez Eli of SDPAC fame has put up more pictures of SD card game labels like in the Coco group. So uh, I see a slight difference here. On the left, the monster maze looks like the ROM pack label because you can see kind of the cover art and then the spine label there. But then the subsequent one for Project Nebula looks like that's just the book from the ROM pack for the image here. Um, but they look cool. Uh, you don't have a lot of real estate on on the surface of an SD card, so you got the very postage stamp size space to make something snap out at you. And he's doing a really good job with that. Um, if you go to the website, he's kind of created a sort of a template that you can use. I think he even set it up using like Windows Paint, so you don't need a lot of fancy software to do to do layout the uh, artwork. 
and then just use like an Avery template to print out labels, stick them on an SD card. But it's kind of cool. Um, I like the whole idea. Um, it's cool stuff. And if you want to set it up, I think he had mentioned too, he had updated on Facebook posts where he had found a source for about a 64 megabyte um, megabyte and realized that uh, SD card that he could get for about 99 cents, but he'd have to buy like a lot of 500 of them. So it was look, I think he was looking for people to how many people want to buy some $1 cards, but I need, you know, we got to kind of pull in to get this. I think the first batch he found were like 16 megabytes for 99 cents. Now he's getting a 64 megabyte. As far as the Cocoa is concerned, that's a lot, especially when this, the idea of this project is to make like a ROM pack where you just have one disk image auto boot to one program off of the thing. So for a buck, it's a small price to pay to have like a ROM pack that auto boots, you know, um, mm -hmm. cool stuff. Um, and obviously you could use your own artwork, use custom artwork, do whatever you want and make some cool labels. You oh, could buy the 1.24 gigawatt packs from eBay that are actually like 128k each and put real round packs on each one yeah yeah well, with today's rising entertain entertainment costs that's a real, real bargain yes that's true well it's a neat project i'm not sure everybody fully grasps it i'm not sure how many people who do grasp it will appreciate it but it's something you can do and it's neat uh, what this really is helpful for if somebody wants to like what paul thayer did when he released timberman yep. on physical media if you want to release something that you can, you know, package it like this is kind of cool, you know? Absolutely. All right. In the spirit of the holiday, oh, you can see some more yeah. um, SD packs mm -hmm. here. I uh, didn't. Here you go. Seven card stud. Does anybody know the, the mythology behind seven card stud? Is this supposedly like a truly rare cartridge? Brian Weasel, you would know. You're a collector. Is this hard to find to get the the, the whole package on this? Because I've seen some like these things listed for like seven hundred dollars and stuff, insane prices. Yeah, it, it doesn't come up very often. Um, very rarely. I, the last, the cheapest one I think I've seen is seventy five bucks. Okay. I mean, every once in a while, I think somebody scoops one up for less than that. But this is, it definitely is a not a very common one that comes okay. up very often at all. So was yeah. wasn't a big seller. No. Is that just because it was, uh, there were, is, there, is it like, is this one that's truly rare? Like there was not a large run from Tandy and there's just not that many. That's my guess. Boins in the wild. Yeah, uh, that I don't know. But, uh, I mean, but it's not uncommon to see listings, um, for 300 or up. Yeah. This one. It's just weird. Like so. this one. And, and now did, was this one in a blister pack too, where it had like the full size eight and 11 by manual and the clear plastic case that held it in there. Uh, the ones I've seen have been the gray box. Oh, it's still in a normal gray box. Okay. Hmm. But this looks like a like a home drawn. You know, you would expect this to be in a Ziploc baggie at a Cocoa Fest. Yeah, but I think that was. I think this is the actual label from Tandy, though. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's very underproduced. Underproduced. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Rick Eulin has um, spoken. Jerry Stratton has posted a picture of a snowman uh, drawn on a Coca-12. He's um, a used a program by Aaron W. Brannigan from the December 1986 issue of Rainbow. So using a Rainbow magazine, I guess it's a basic program to mm -hmm. draw a, a uh, holiday picture. Yeah, I wish I would have saw that sooner. I would, that would be perfect to put in the newsletter, some actual real Coco 
art. Yeah, like count that. the colors on the screen. Uh, there is black, there's red, there's blue, there's white. That's four. <laughs> Am I missing anything? Two artifacts and you're good. Yeah. There's yellows, what there's oranges, there's pinkish purples. Dither artifacts. Yeah. Okay. Some dither, dithering. Cool. And he gave you colors. There you go. And here's some more. Uh, there's another one from... Um, very uh, unifying message. Yes, yes. For, uh, from Jerry, bringing the Gentiles and Jews together. Whichever, yeah, you know, whichever, whichever fictional yeah. character you follow, we've got a symbol for you. <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs> now, awesome. now, Stevie, yes. we were doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> Almost no complaints yes. until now. Terry Steggy. Steggy. Terry Steggy. Vice President. Our own. Our own Terry. Mr. Vice President has posted a pic of a rare early Coco disc controller that was made in Australia called Rainbow Bits. I can Crikey. Nick Morentes had one back in the day and could talk about it. Well, he's not the one show this year he's missed. He's not here to talk about it. He's opening up a new Swiss bank account with all this cash flow. All that cheese. Yeah. Fits in a ROM pack. I'm in admiration. In his comments there, he talks about how thing? it was a it was a lower cost solution than Candy's uh, controller. Okay. So here we go. It was his original disc controller back in the mid eighties. He couldn't nobody could afford a Tandy system. Uh fits in a ROM case. And then uh, Chris Burke of Burke and Burke chimed in. There were some Australian vendors that I used to work with when I was selling hard drive systems. I've never seen this controller before, though. What is the um, thing on the end there? Is that where the, like on the left hand side? What is that? I think that's just a shadow. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because he copy and pasted. Um, actually, out on the eBay posting itself, where Terry, um, where he bought this. Uh, Along the bottom there of the label, you can actually see there's a connector that pops out from the top and the bottoms. Hmm. So, a, like a a regular edge card connector that we. What chip would have been in here? Would this would have been ba- would this be based on like a Western Digital type chip or something else? Hmm. I don't know. Might have been a custom one, maybe. Okay, and I would imagine it would have had to have its own ROM too, then, because you need a you need some extensions for BASIC to control the floppy, right? Hopefully, mm-hmm. Terry will do a show and tell or a write up on it. Okay. That'd be cool for the newsletter, maybe. Yeah. To squint, you really could put a shorty controller in a ROM pack case. So, yeah, that might be normal stuff, just well done. Yeah, neat. All right. Um, thank you, Terry. Thank you, Le Curtis. Greg Ferguson managed to re-ink his old DMP-105 line printer and actually got it printing properly from his Coco 3. In the comments, he he also shows the ink that he used. And some of it is sideways, so I can't really do anything about that. So turn your head, Well, Nick Morentes won't have to turn as far as us. Um, (laughs) Actually, I think it's equidistant from uh, down under. Yeah, but just have to turn a different direction. Well, the ink on that screen. Look, right. look how look how dark it is on the screen there. That's really good ink. 
That's that new E ink I've been hearing about. <laughs> so, so what? So r- let's r- see dr- what drill into yeah. Let's let's see what the okay Bates. No no relation to the motel. This is black forty three. Num numbering machine ink. Not numbing. Numbering right? machine ink. Numbering machine ink. One ounce. <laughs> Le ounce. Un ounce. Le un Le ounce. Le ounce. Easy for you to say. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. Now, what's the process? So does he explain what he does? Does he somehow, like, swipe it across mm, or something? No I, I mean, inquiring minds want to know, what is he um, actually doing to put the ink on the ribbon? Right, because there's, like, 50 yards of ink crammed in that little bitty cartridge the size of that bottle. Yeah, How does he get ink on all of it? You're soaking in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg Ferguson... Come on the show and tell us how you does did it, it. Does it? Was there any mention in the scroll up to the top when he first posted in the actual mm. description? Uh, okay. Nope. Finally, successfully re. Okay, poke whatever. Thanks. Nice seeing it get getting it working because he doesn't really say what he did, but this is what he used. So um, it would be interesting to know what the actual process was to physically uh, rejuvenate the the whole yes. surface of that ribbon. Please help us, Greg. I could see yeah. this going horribly wrong. Okay, but that's cool. For those who need to know that the th- there is hope out there for those who need it. Yeah, and how did he manage to keep the desk clean? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and Guillaume, uh, who, what would we do without him? Yeah. And the color computer. Now, where archive. was this write up? Did he write this so, up in the in Facebook? Yes, he okay. wrote it up on. The Facebook. Okay, this is what um, I was. Please missing. get him the uh, the vaccine uh, before anyone else. Yeah, we need him. Yes, but, I uh, um I added this, this to the newsletter, but I didn't know what the specifics were, and I tried finding them on the Color Computer Archive, and I couldn't. Here's the details uh, on the updates to the latest SDC Explorer. Repeating keys. That's right. New features stores Last Repeat. sessions. Added a splash screen while loading SDCX, which is what Ron Delvo was doing in his own way before with his like startup screens and stuff, right? Added the ability to launch a program mm-hmm. by pressing enter on disks with only one file. Instead of having to mount the disk and then highlight the file and then run the file, it's an auto one one mount. That's good. Added shift clear to return okay. to root. Uh, honors the backspace. You could probably read it better than me because well, I'm seeing a shrunken version of yours, Lake, Lake Curtis. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Uh, uh, shift clear to return to the root of the SD card. That's going to be handy. A child directory uh, selected when changing to a parent directory. Uh, on, it honors the backspace character in the directory listing window. I think it used to um, put a arrow in place of mm. that. I'm not sure what that is. Lower the maximum number of files in a directory to 400. Due to memory constraints, okay. rename the Dragon version to Dragon SDC Explorer. Yeah. So the dragon people don't get confused. All right. Enhance the, you know, enhance the about screen, bug fixes. The list goes on and on. Thank you, Erico, for, for the logo. Okay, the logo. That, that looks semi-graphics-y, huh? Okay. Yeah, that is cool. That is very cool. All right, I was looking for some details, and I, I apologize. I At least I got it in there that that had been updated, but I didn't have a lot of facts to go along with that. What so, version are we up to now? This is 1.10. Oh geez! You know what? I'm I'm still at point four. I really need to upgrade. 
<laughs> How have you been able to survive all this time? <laughs> I don't know. Who are these people? <laughs> it just keeps getting better. That is cool. A splash screen is cool. And again, getting uh-huh. back to like with the whole SD pack thing, that you know, and we got uh, all kinds of stuff that you can do to spice up your SD cards inside Spl- and out. Splash screen. Is this like something you'd see at a Gallagher show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, stuff. Drink every every time you hear Gallagher reference. Oh yeah. Folks. You're gonna be awfully thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Gilbert posted a video from nineteen eighty three talking about the home computer revolution. Am I on the right? You're on I'm Andy on the- Fox. I'm on Andy. The Fox. home computer revolution will not be televised. You know, we'll come back. <laughs> Gallagher. Gallagher. Anyway, we'll come back to Todd Gilbert because I have him out of order. So let's go to Andy Fox posted photos of some of his original Dragon Data game adverts in the um, Dragon Facebook. Okay. And uh, you can see some cool How posters. big are these? Are these like uh, poster size? Looking it like it might be that they are. It's amazing what the what the dragon folk could do with the four colors on that VDG. I mean, look how vibrant these posters <laughs> are. So, <laughs> I believe that's amazing. The, there's got to be at least six colors in there. Easy. How artifacting. Yeah. Look at that. Look at those screenshots. They are. I mean, it is a work of art. It's kind of like album covers. You know, it's it's nice when you have. A really good piece of art to go along with uh, another piece of entertainment, you know? Those extra scan lines. Yeah. <laughs> UFOs. Starship Chameleon. Wow. Wow. Look at that. That is cool. Cosmic Invaders. Neat. That is kind of cool, man, when you think about it. Thank you can't you. think of too many Tandy uh, game covers that were so good that you'd want to have them, you know, bigger than a mouse pad, honestly. I can't think of putting mm-hmm. a big old thing on my wall of a Tandy game cover because they just weren't that artsy. You know, these are like Maybe paintings. Looked... I don't know, man. Color script set. <laughs> <laughs> Telewriter 64. Um, Jerry Young. Pitfall Jerry. A... You know Jerry? He's done some live streams by the name of Pitfall Jerry. Yes. Yeah. Jerry Young posted a Christmas program for the MC-10 with a low-res picture of Santa and a Christmas star. I believe, like Curtis, you're not used to us Americans, but I believe this is the MC-10. The MC-10. The MC-10. The MC-10. The MC-10. Yeah, it's kind of like the McNugget. The special sauce. The McNugget McNugget and the McRib. It's the (laughs) MC-10. But but actually, the MC-10 does have a French version. Yeah, Le Alice. Le Alice. Oui. Um, he has a video running of it as well. Did I put that in? Didn't I say at the top of the show to stop interrupting things? <laughs> well, that was what? when we had a special guest. Oh, okay. Yeah. What we do? We Isn't have that... Lay Curtis. Lay Curtis is special. Oh, uh, he's not that special. No. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is uh Oh. Kind of looks like Eddie Munster when he became a werewolf. Good <laughs> <laughs> old Santa in his beard. There you go. And thank you, Tandy and Dragon, for saving 75 cents on that sound chip. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> monkey claws, Ken calls him. Monkey claws. What? Monkey claws. Monkey claws. <laughs> he didn't say ho, ho, ho. He says, <laughs> and he throws poo at you. <laughs> That's what he brings all the naughty children. Oh. YouTuber Con Travel, Connecticut Traveler, put up a short video of an animated oil lamp done on a cocoa tube. Let's watch. <laughs> we have a request. Nobody knows this was a bong. No, it's a lamp, Ken. Where's your brain at? That is not a lamp. What kind of... <laughs> it is. It's an oil lamp. You can oil lamp, this. yeah. Yeah, it's the old-fashioned old oil I lamp, know. sir. It's an, it's an oil lamp for tobacco use only. Yes, for tobacco use only. Yes. <laughs> Someone knows See, tobacco some refer water. To this as a water pipe. Yes. <laughs> well, we're going downhill fast, folks. We're, we're sorry. We're sorry. Uh, hey, we Nimble. Apologize to Connecticut. Travel. No, you're not, Stevie. <laughs> I think no, we've a lost cool, the brakes. It's a cool demo. It's a good Bunsen burner. All right. Thank you, Connecticut Traveler. Um, and. Not last, because we're going to loop back to Todd Gilbert, but we have Henry Reitfeld mentioned on the Cocoa List about the Max Duino Ultimate that allows loading of CAS, CAS cassette files for both the Cocoa and the Dragon. Okay. So if Is you this kind of like, to... what's the floppy emulator thing called? GoTech? Is this kind of like a GoTech for tape? Sure. I think that would be the go tape. The go tape, yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds so, really cool, though. You know, again, if you want more products and the Cocoa SDC does not work for you, you can, you have choices. And you want to um, load things by cassette. Not, not my, um, not a nostalgia that I have. I think it has a lot to do with the Dragon that the, the disk drive was very expensive and a lot of people didn't have them, so most of the software was on what, cassette, I mean, so what I think like would, be would be kind of cool would be, because one of the neat things about tape was that when you loaded a tape, it usually loaded up a, a title screen for you, like a loader screen. I remember Madness and the Minotaur and a few ones like that. So that was kind of cool to see the screen kind of painted across as the tape was loading and at least it gave you something to look at while you were waiting. So Would that be one of those splash screens we were talking about earlier. Those, yeah, it could be, but it didn't release. Really, it was a very slow splash. Yes, it was a trickle screen. So, <laughs> um. I do have a bunch of old tapes I would like to record some way. This looks like hmm. something I might want. This might be for you. And this is like the grease weasel of tapes, and it's only forty pounds ninety nine pence, which I think is about. Well, that seems kind of heavy for, for shipping. That's about 40 bucks nowadays. <laughs> 40, 40 pounds, 99. 40 pounds. That's going right. to cost a lot to ship, man. Yeah. I, it's, it's okay. It's like metric pounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. And last but not least, we have Ta Tim Gilbert. Sorry. It says Todd Gilbert on Curtis's notes, but He's his name's Canadian. Tim. Sorry, Tim. Forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he's Spanish, Most, sorry. It's L. Curtis Boyle. So Tim Gilbert's, boy, Curtis is my cousin, uh, posted a video from 1983 talking about the home computer, computer revolution in the Dragon Group. And the Dragon 32 makes an appearance at 5 minutes and 10 seconds in. Let's watch. 
involve nearly every household in the land, one way or another. The personal computer boom the is personal now computer personal boom. computer boom. Every home must have one. Every home you know must have one. <laughs> BBC received. Yes. I believe Did my you know grandfather it's... fought in the computer revolution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. The Your Computer Christmas Fair, which opened today. Yes, uh, in York. If there's anything to go by, you'll be lucky if you get Look at that. Look at that smock. The revolution will be televised, so folks. Youngsters. It's enough to make you feel plastered. And if you're anything like me and you're bewildered and frightened... By Did she just say she was plastered? I thought <laughs> she said she was a bastard. Um, well, if bewildered. you're anything like her and you're bewildered and frightened by I'm computers. bewildered and frightened by what she's wearing. What do you got on there, yeah, girl? Well, Come on. Now she owns a jitterbug phone. <laughs> yeah. You know, many people have been bewildered and frightened by DriveWire, but next week, when That's it right. comes out on ease of use, you don't have to be. That's right. And let's go to five minutes and ten seconds. Oh, if you've got a bright idea, don't sell it cheaply. It could be worth a fortune. Now, a recent survey has shown that 13% of all children would like a computer this Christmas. <laughs> now, if every one of them got their wish... Oh, it's Lunar Rover Patrol on the Dragon. Look at that. ...this Christmas alone. This company, Dragon, has a factory down in Wales, which is operating seven days a week round the clock. Seven days a week. That's almost like... All the time. The factory's in a whale? Is that like Jonah? <laughs> yes. They spent tens of minutes designing it. It's a whale of a factory. Well, I think it's uh, a number of factors. One is that we've got some manufacturers who produce some very low-priced, keenly-priced products, which are really... Uh, let, it, let, it let it go. Let it go. I want to see this. this you want good. what? Yeah, I want to see this. Let it, let it roll. All right. Within their pocket... And the other thing, I think, is that a number of governments, successive governments, have actually made the right decisions about computer education. Uh, a lot of children now in schools are learning uh, about computers, and, of course, it's that enthusiasm that they generate there that one can see here today. Well, personally, I think the whole thing's getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand, she thinks. Personally, I think the whole thing's getting out of hand. It's only fitting that I should leave the last word to this friendly little piece of ZX. technology. Yeah, and that's about as much typing as you'll ever do on one of those. Right? Oh, no, it's a, it's a Dalek. It's a Dalek. Exterminate. 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 I don't oh, love those Daleks. She just pressed two buttons, and that started the Dalek revolution. Oh, I, my God. I really think the reason you wanted this to run, Stevie, is you wanted to ensure that you would get a copyright strike on this episode. <laughs> and Samuel Gimes did not deliver a copyright oh, strike. Oh, my piece. goodness. Now that was I, I love seeing those pieces where, the, you know, it really was. All this stuff was new. It's hard to imagine that we all lived through a time when this stuff had never really existed before, and this was new and frightening, and people didn't know how to deal with it. And you look at some of the commercials of the Nintendo craze so that was like on big ABC World News Tonight talking about this Nintendo and how it's just making kids crazy and all the fears that parents Ooh. had and all kinds of stuff. It's really interesting how um, the you know, general lay perception was of this emerging technology back then. Early, early. Commode. That version of Rally SG looked terrible. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Look at that Commodore. Yeah. Well, I got the ZX81 as a kit and had to build it myself. And it was so much better than the computer on a teletype that I had previously had experience to in high school, which took 
scheduling to actually get time on that I thought it was a good computer. <laughs> that is really cool. I love um yeah, there's a there's a version of Donkey Kong there. I'm not sure which version. That might be uh that that could be um like the Vic twenty or something mm-hmm. for all we know. Some interesting hairstyles. Yeah. No, that's cool. That is cool. I'm gonna have to watch that. And I, that you know what is I, how you say it? Uh, that is uh, a real f- fiend, right? Fiend. Like at the end of a French that film? That is fiend. how you say the news. Le news. Back to oui. you, Stevie. Oui, 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 oui. Um, fiend. So there's a, new, there's a new series on Netflix now that is, um, you know, showing everybody what the, the thing was like. So it's cool to see a modern thing talking about old stuff, but I'd rather watch the old things about the old stuff when people literally didn't have a clue. You know, and it's like, oh, my God, I am frightened and bewildered by this. You know, it's like, really? Really? And what is this series yeah. on Netflix called, Stevie? Oh, I don't remember. It's something on that. Yeah. It's some, what is, does anybody know what that Netflix series is about the uh, 80s video game culture? It's, I don't know what it's called, but it's Paul on there. Catch Fire? No, no, no. It's no, it's no. A, it's like a docu-series on uh, no. the I think it's games. in my Netflix queue. Yeah, it's in there. There's a name for it. Press play mm. or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got like the Pac Man and yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the cool. Pac Man. Yes. Yeah, the Pac Man. Which the, it, I I like to listen to the hip hop while smoking the pot when I played the Pac Man. Um, so that's just me though. Um, hey, that's an oil lamp. <laughs> that is an oil for tobacco lamp. use only. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that was news. I guess we can take a commercial break and then come back with project updates and acquisitions. Uh, thank you, Frodo, for posting the link. Thank you, um, thank you to your Spanish cousin, uh, L. Curtis Boyle, for gathering those news links for you. And Lay Curtis Boyle, our French correspondent, thank you for, for anchoring that for us. You are très magnifique. Uh, do we have a request for a commercial break to run here? Uh, because, because we do have a <laughs> French correspondent, how about we, we got to do a Coco oui, oui. Do, right? We got to do Coco Do. Where is Coco Do? Once a day. Uh, I gotta find it. Coco do. All right, we'll be right Time back. Time for your wee wee. We'll be right back wee after wee. Coco do, everybody. Coco talk will return after these messages. Un ordinateur couleur, quelle personnalité Le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. If you're using your color computer in Quebec, and it stops working, is it now a cocoa won't do? Hi, Ron Delvo, Timberman, Coco Fest, Coco Talk. In a world where RGB produces black and white video, One cable can make a difference. Switcheroo. 
Coco3scartcable.com. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get Ama Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack Storewide Manager's Red Tag Sale is on now. We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Save on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today. Hi, this is Randy Kindig of the Floppy Days Podcast. I just love me some cocoa, and nobody covers it better than Steve Strobridge. You're listening to Cocoa Talk. We're back, everybody, and we're sorry, but we're still on the air here on Cocoa Talk. And it's time for everybody's favorite uh, part of the show. That's where we wrap everything up. Um, but this is a part that we like to call updates and acquisitions. This is where if somebody's been working on a project, we're going to tell you what we've been working on this week. If somebody got something like Brian Weasler, uh, surprise, surprise, he wants to show us what, hey, look what I bought today. Oh, you guys are all jealous. Look what I have and you don't, right? So all that kind of stuff. This is where we do that. So we know, Brian, you have something. So why don't we lead with you and um, you can... Show us what you want to show. Okay. Um, a, a guy that I had actually bought a cover from, I found out that he uh, lived not too far away from me, about an hour or so. And so I reached out to him and asked him if he had other stuff that he might have that he just hasn't listed on eBay. And uh, he goes, actually, I did have a box of cocoa stuff. And so uh, him and I uh, set up a time. I drove up to his house and uh, and picked it up. Um in that box of uh, stuff was kind of a group was this uh, Coco One here with a Coco Two keyboard in it, um, but it also had some different little mods on it. it had a this uh, port. I haven't quite figured out what everything does yet, <laughs> but uh, this actually is uh, soldered on to the bottom of the keyboard connector. I don't know what this switch goes to yet, and another mod that was removed. But he uh, it even had a little LED on the front right there. Um, and it also has a composite mod in it that actually is nearly not too bad. Um, it's on a little circuit board that he has uh, that that was on there. So that was a uh, it was just kind of came with it. I, this wasn't my biggest interest uh, with it though, but it was part of the whole group of stuff that was in there. Now that um, on the side is that a Becker port? <laughs> did did, you, did be. you count the pins? Is it a twenty-five pin? Because it could be serial, parallel. It could be scuffy. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I, I just need to look and see where it, where it's going to. But it, it looks like it's a twenty-five pin that you'd have like on a uh, for like a parallel for like a printer port. Um, also, with the group of stuff uh, was a silver uh, multi-pack. multi-pack. 
Mm. So a little, little scuffed up there, mm. but uh, still in uh, good working shape. Um, he also had uh, this uh, floppy drive that uh, was just mm. in there in the box there. Yeah. So. It's a floppy. <laughs> Dual heads. <laughs> Dual heads. There we go. Yes, it is. And um, no power cord, though, but our favorite little friend. Nice. So, But it has a little... Uh, it's so a little of- you just reminded me of something. So my wife found, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to do the old MC10 doorstop joke, but you reminded me of doorstop. So my wife's like, cause she's been Christmas shopping. She goes, I saw this really cool doorstop and it's wooden and there's something on there. There's a name on there. Would you ever guess what this is called? And for the life of me, I couldn't. <laughs> and you know, and, it, and it's not MC10. This is not a joke, but it's a wooden doorstop. And the name that's on there is Hodor. So for those of you who've watched Game of Thrones, you'll know what that means. But okay. that was just funny. Like she found this doorstop with Hodor on the doorstop. And so, yeah, I think we have to get one of those. So There you go. Um, so, no, I've always, I've, been, I've said for years, MC-10 is a fantastic machine. Incredible piece of equipment. <laughs> oh, I, did, I, I didn't wear my waders today, <laughs> Also in the group, there was a, uh, a uh, 3129 uh, floppy disk controller. Nice. Now, was um, this a local also, thing, or did he have to mail them to you? Uh, local. I it was about okay. an hour, about an hour's drive away from no, here. Definitely worth the trip. Uh, Thirty twenty-two wow. uh, floppy disk. This would have been the original one, and then also a five hundred one wow. uh, floppy disk controller. You are just in so, floppy heaven, my friend. And then uh, the other thing. This is the one that actually kind of intrigued me. Um, it had this case here, and it's kind of hard to see, but this this label here is actually a uh, was it. Uh, a uh, hard disk specialist, H. Okay. Uh, hard disk um, specialist controller. Yep, and they, uh, they, it has a custom ROM in it. I'm going to put together a little video uh, that I'll, I'll post out on YouTube and, and share it out to the group. Um, I've been playing with this a little bit. There's a switch on the back. You can actually flip between regular uh, RS DOS or this custom ROM. And when you boot to this custom ROM, is that a turbo switch? Does it have turbo DOS? Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> who, put, who put a toggle switch on something? I didn't, yeah, they didn't right. ask me. <laughs> when you, when you flip the switch and you turn it on, it actually boots to this menu, uh, that you can kick off different things. And one of the things that it, uh, will do is it'll load the driver for, and I have one of the word, uh, the 80 column word packs. Okay. Um, it actually loads that. And, uh, it works. I, uh, uh, my little setup behind me here, I had my Coco 2 uh, running this, and then I had my second monitor uh, plugged into the Word pack, and so I had both screens up, the Coco 2 and the 80-column uh, screen up on Sweet. the other one. So wow. it's kind of a – so I'm going to do a little video just kind of demonstrating this, so it might be kind of interesting. You are so. pushing the limits of the four-slot MPI at this point, my friend. You are, you are, <laughs> yeah. you are breaking boundaries. <laughs> what if that's male? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, – Slide. What's and that? then a book that. Uh, go ahead. What's that? We sir? need a sixteen slot. Yeah, a sixteen slot. No, yeah. don't get David Ladd started. Um, <laughs> I've had this book here for a while. The Top Down Basic. This is the paperback version. Okay. And uh, I was kind of excited to stumble across this actual wow. uh, hardcover version of it, though. So that was kind of a uh, kind of nice. I kind mm-hmm. of enjoyed uh, getting that one. And then lastly, the only thing I was going to show is you know, I've been you know, white. Been, you know the reason what? why they have soft cover and hardcover books. It's for the level of discipline when you go to spank your children with them, right? So. Oh. 
You ever, got your, you ever got your butt whipped with a book when you were a kid? You know? yeah, a, little more, a little more sting <laughs> with that one. That is from, to, it's Stevie Stroh's parenting tip, tip <laughs> for the week. <laughs> and then something I've been wanting to buy. I, I, I've missed a couple of them on eBay, though, but uh, it was one of the uh, the cassette oh, yeah, uh, storage things. So, so I've got a spot to start putting some of my cassettes in that I have. But uh, I've been wanting to pick up one of these. I found this one here on the, the Facebook Marketplace. So... Um, it's kind of easy. You can really see it has kind of the like yeah, it's kind of a smoke, right. a smoke, a smoke. Yeah, it has it has Radio Shack right there. I'm not sure if oh, I get neat. the. Oh, neat! So it's an yeah, okay, yep, yep. So it actually has the Radio Shack on it. So yeah, that's all I have to share today. Ah, okay, cool. Thank you for sharing. Well, Sloopy Malibu has just joined us, and I think Sloopy, you mentioned you might have something to uh, show and tell. Yes. Um, I've been working on this for uh, about a month, as most of the people on the uh, Coco Discord has uh, have uh, seen. And uh, basically, what it is is it's an internal mod for putting uh, HDB DOS with uh, drive wire internal to the machine and leaves the cartridge port open. Sweet. And whenever you hear somebody say drive wire in the show, you got to do a shot. <laughs> The drive wire drinking game. Did we lose you, Sloopy? You just went to picture. Oh, there you are. Oh, okay, you switched. Okay. Yeah, it, see, it seems to be smoother if I turn off, change camera, and then for some reason the OBS wasn't uh, didn't want to work uh, start up today. So, so okay. here's my Coco Three. I apologize for it being backwards. No, it's not backwards but, to us. Oh well, it is to me. So okay. Um, we open my uh, Coco 3 and look inside. We have this nice little board here. Okay, and so that board is going on top of where the normal ROM trips. So this is kind of like a daughter board? Yes. It, it plugs into where the, uh, where, where the uh, OS okay. ROM goes. Did that Coco have a single ROM chip? Was that the one that combined basic and extended basic? Because I know some had one, some had two. Yes, this is a Coco 3. Oh, it's a Coco so 3. Okay, basic. never mind. That's right. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's Coco 3, and basically what it does is it has it has a uh, 27 uh, 512, which is a uh, 512 k bit um, ROM, which is 64k bytes. Uh, it has a 22 V10 uh, GAL Gatorade Logic, which is basically like an FPGA, which a lot of people are uh, familiar with, mm -hmm. but much smaller. Um, like the one that's um, the multi pack has a gal chip. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like the Coco Flash okay. uses a uh, uses one. And this is equivalent to about eight of these. Well, basically, what this does is there's an enable disable switch here, and there's a select rotary switch here, and what it allows you to do is select between um, HDB DOS with drive wire for the Coco 3, HDB DOS for the, with drive wire for the Coco 2, and YADOS, wow. or YADOS. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. YADOS, that's ah. what I, how I've heard it. Yeah, or, yeah that's what I've heard. Or YADOS. Yeah, because you can either do four different DOSes or you can do two DOSes uh, that are 8K and then a 16K DOS. So basically all it does is you turn it on, 
and I did not plug this in correctly. Is it off right now as you're plugging and unplugging it? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. The machine is off. <laughs> no, it's not hot swappable. Well, one time it is. <laughs> you've, you've got the old-fashioned RAM on there, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's what came with it. Yeah. Is that a disto or something? Oh. It's not upside down. What is it? PP, okay. Yeah, for some reason it's having performance anxiety. Performance anxiety. That's what you get for unplugging it online. All right. Uh oh. You didn't see any blue smoke coming out of that thing when you so, plugged it back in, did you? I think he just hot swapped oh. it. No. So would this be similar, Sloopy, to like the Amiga people who have different kickstarts that that they can switch to? Yeah, probably. Uh, somewhat. The thing is, is that this uh, um, allows you to have the HDB DOS uh, ROM inside the machine and leaves your uh, cartridge port open. So. It'll work as soon as we sign off. Yeah, right? Yeah, because when I was doing my video, I was making sure it worked so I could get it right. Well, and we see some, uh, there's a couple of LEDs on there. Are those things supposed to light up when the thing comes to life? Yeah. Definitely a pretty cool design, though. I, mean, I know you've been talking about it, and I've been trying to follow you uh, mentally as you've been talking about this. So I've been understanding the concept, but it's definitely um, cool to see the actual board now. And the idea here is, is that you can boot your Coco to um, a variety of, of different DOS environments. Mm -hmm. yep. And um, the, 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 the good one is, obviously, if you can boot your Coco to be already DriveWire enabled then you don't necessarily need a multi-pack or even an STC. You can just plug into your Bitbanger and start loading software over the wire, and um, and that's that's a cool feature. I think the only yeah. downside to DriveWire is that certain programs that are trying to directly access the disk through the normal ROM calls won't work. But if it's Correct. a program that you just need to load and execute, that will definitely work. Yeah, and like uh, fully... Um address decoded uh, cartridges will work with it still enabled like the uh, the Coco MIDI and okay. such. Okay. And um, a lot of software has been patched for DriveWire. This is the uh, board as they come from the fact. Okay. So you and did a design and it did a run, huh? Uh, yeah, three from Oshpark. And if you can see that. Mr. Day, this... Thanks to Mr. Dave six zero nine Jim Brain and the the bottom lines out of focus. Fine gentlemen of the Coco Discord. Oh, okay. Well, who are those? I've never met any fine gentlemen on Coco Discord. <laughs> is there a Coco Discord I don't know about? Yes, they all log out when you log in. Is Stevie. there a fine gentleman channel that I've been excluded from? <laughs> is it like one of those gentlemen's clubs? Yes. So. Yeah, I was. Uh, 
up until um, seven o'clock this morning. I had gotten up at two a.m. from two to seven. I was working on this because my uh, USB to serial port was not working, as I saw uh, Mr. Murphy this morning as I was finishing up. And for some reason, now this this part's not working. So I don't know. It's just the I joy think of it's, uh, that. What is what is the jumper wire going to? Is that what? Um, this? Yeah, that is for the um, uh, the line that enables the ROM in the uh, cartridge port. Okay, it is. Give me one second. So is that it fooling is Nikoko into thinking this is coming through the cartridge port when it isn't? Yes, that is correct. It actually okay. thinks there's a disk controller on the cartridge port. Okay. So when you when you have uh, the DOS cart when you have uh, the DOS loaded, it actually looks for disk drives on actual physical media that are not not there. It sits until it times out on. Right. And then the other added benefit to this is is that if you had either a Coco SDC or a physical floppy controller, you could use that at the same time while you're using this. So you could then copy things from either disk images or real floppies over to a drive wire server if you needed to, you know, funnel files back and forth. That really wouldn't work. I wouldn't recommend no? that. No, no. Yeah, because the thing is, is that the, the firmware for the uh, disk drive is accessed both the same way on this as it is in the floppy drive and the, uh, the Coco SDC, so mm. it would create a conflict. Oh, okay. Right, this okay. blue wire is the cart line running from his board. Yeah, it's the CTS line. But was this designed to let you have another cartridge while you're still running off a drive wire, or is this just to bypass the cartridge port? No, it this was. Yeah, this was allowed was allowing me to use uh, fully um, addressed uh, cartridges, like the Co specifically the Coco MIDI in my case. Ah, um, uh, okay. Any other fully addressed cartridges like the modem pack and things like that, so that the cartridge port isn't taken up by some cartridge, so that I can get drive wire and so I don't have to load it through the uh, right, right, port. right, right, right. Now here's a dumb question, but would um, can we can we theoretically boot OS nine completely over drive wire, even if it took a while? Is that is it doable? Yes. Okay, yes. so you could you could you could load OS nine, boot OS nine, and then be doing like MIDI Pro and all that kind of stuff. Yes, as long as you can um, boot OS nine on a regular drive wire machine that has like a floppy controller with a with a with a drive wire ROM in it, then you can use this. Okay, that's pretty cool. And Mikey is saying in the chat, uh, the disk cart is not fully address decoded, so. It also, it has another copy of the ROM, so they will conflict. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, cool. But that's still pretty. I know you've been talking about this, and I've been trying to follow along with you mentally. Um, I, it's, it's, a, it's a cool idea. Like, I like the fact that I can boot from my Coco SDC in the drive wire, and I have played around with drive wire, so I've put my toe in the water. Um, but to, And it's convenient to be able to do that in the Coco SDC, but this skips that. Now, another dumb question, because this, now this isn't a Coco 3, so it already has extended basic ROM, but if somebody wanted to do this on a Coco 2, they would have to have extended basic, right? In order to take advantage of the disk. It replaces the ROM, so. Oh, is it replacing you know, all of the ROM? It's replacing the extended yeah. basic and the disk ROM? 
it replaces the uh, ROM that's in the machine. Um, as I said before, I just recently got a Coco One from uh, Terry Steen's yeah. uh, uh, after Thanksgiving sale on uh, eBay. Yeah. And I've been trying to get this one to work. And once this works, I'm going to try to get it working in a Coco One and Two so that it will be able to be used in any of the three machines. Okay. That's neat. But any other questions? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller. Bueller. Okay. Well, that's cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing that, Sloopy. I know that's very been a cool. long time coming to get to the point where you could show us on the show. So, very cool. Uh, anybody else have an update? Anything they've been working on this week? Um, actually, yes. So I've been uh, I'm doing hardware on the side, and I needed a case for it. So I've drawn up a ROM pack case that is designed to hold the absolute largest circuit board that will fit in a ROM pack. Sort of clips in to a little spot. Okay. So it's the right height to plug in and so forth. Um, Incidentally, I thought this was fun. Here's the the uh, 3D printed bottom, and here's a normal ROM pack top around here somewhere. And yeah, they fit together. Okay. So <laughs> you've made a generic bottom. So it's a generic bottom that will hold the absolute largest circuit board that will go in a ROM pack. Okay. And I, I plan to do this for uh, the shorty controller and the long controller as well and put the STLs somewhere as soon as someone tells me where would be a good place to put them so people can print up cases for whatever random thing they want to do for a cocoa. Oh, I'm sure someone will tell you where you need to stick it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, put that more, in your more models slot, are good models. It, right? So, oh. so yeah. Uh, now that's cool. How long does that take to print? It's only half of a cartridge. I've heard like six hour, eight hour. Yeah, shop. six hours for a, a ROM pack. So a long controller might run all day long. Wow. But if you need a ca- if you need a case and you don't want to have to like Dremel tool all the bottoms off of a mm-hmm. stock ROM pack to make your thing fit and Dremel tool little things in the side, then this might be a it might be worth the wait. You know, it's a couple dollars a PLA and you're done. That is cool. And this just in, but Sloopy Malibu has told us that he um, he has got his thing working again. So, Sloopy, do you want to show cool. us what you're doing again now? Let me spotlight your video. Sure. Okay. So, we are now in normal Deck B 2.1 HDB DOS with DriveWire 3, Coco 3. So, this is HDB DOS booting off of your doohickey. Yes, it is. And uh, unfortunately, because my drive wire is not working. Everybody take a oh. shot. We just said drive wire. Uh... <laughs> so. Yeah, that's neat. And turn it off. Turn it off. Flip a switch. I can't see it. Okay, HDB DOS, DriveWire, Coco 2, Coco 2, Le Doux. Mikey's saying there's a new version. Oh, he's saying you've got an old version of it. There's a 1.4 or 1.5 available somewhere Mm -hmm. on HDB DOS. 
yeah, I um, was using the ROMs from the uh, DriveWire for uh, um, distribution. This is just more about to get the uh, the GAL equations correct than it is anything else. Uh, once it's actually finished, um, I don't know what's what's the um, the legalities of uh, the HDB DOS with DriveWire. Would I, be, would I be able to include it in a uh, final product, or would people have to source that themselves? I don't know how to answer that question. I'm not a lawyer. I don't, I don't even play one on TV. So um, <laughs> probably an offline discussion somewhere. I did get a good night's sleep at a Holiday Inn Express at least one time before. So, um, And I believe I've saved 15% on more of my car insurance in the past. But uh, Or your pizza's free. <laughs> As you can see, the light on the uh, lights lights up. Oh yeah, see that's a there's your good. Now do these lights blink too? Because I like blinky lights. <laughs> um, actually, the lights themselves are programmable. They're not tied to any one specific function. Okay. Uh, they were more put in for uh, diagnostic, so that if I needed a um, a thing to show what's going on, I could use the LEDs as a uh, a dumb debugging tool. Here I'm comes the feature creep. Yeah. I'm sorry. Here comes the feature creep. It needs to be programmable. It needs to flash in sequence. We need to be able to have a basic command to switch it. Well, for those who you know, if you um, for those who want a real time clock, if you know you, what you can have in binaries, you can have a count the time off and uh, just there's the real time clock. Pulse Thank off you. the time and everything. So no real time clocks. Okay. I prefer socks. It's too cold for real-time clocks. There you go. It'll, but yeah, it needs, it needs um, to Morse code the entire contents of RAM. That's it. Also, one question that I commonly get is the uh, rotary uh, switch for selecting the DOS and such, um, and and the enable disable. Uh, although this is actually soldered onto the board, which would be kind of difficult to change when it's in the machine. Uh, if, when and if I do a final release, I will actually have the, the uh, this and this on a daughter board that you'll be able to mount either externally facing or outside of the machine so that you'll be able to change the enable disable on the DOS. Uh, this board is not doesn't fit very well because... I had to move this. If you can see this capacitor, yeah, I had to move yeah. this capacitor, and it actually on the underside it actually touches the keyboard when it's installed. Could I request a custom version that uses like a twister spinner where I could just flick it with my finger and it spins around and whatever arrow lands on, that's what DOS I boot into. Wheel of DOS. The wheel of DOS. Problem is, you'd land on bankrupt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I got the, the spinner here for you. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really neat project, Sloopy. Yeah, you see, no. I look forward to uh, to uh, good features. And that's yeah, no, and, 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 and what you put on the back of the circuit board is probably worth mentioning again, that we have folks out there, like you're, you're, you know, you're a pretty electronically savvy guy, circuit savvy kind of guy. But not everybody knows everything, and there are a lot of people who are willing to help and brainstorm on this. So the fact that you were able to get that help and were even kind enough to acknowledge that help on the circuit board was pretty cool. And it's just kind of a testament to 
uh, to who we have in our community. Uh, just kind of echoing the whole newsletter thing and this how this year has been. Uh, we do have some fine folk in this uh, Coco Club. Um, and you're one of them. Even, though, even though you're our, our Atari guy, you're still a pretty decent Coco guy, too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Coming from Stevie, that's almost a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With what's down here, you wouldn't realize, you wouldn't think that I was an Atari guy because everything is either Coco or Commodore down here at the moment. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. That's a neat project. Well, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem. It's a, oh. it's a, it's a hobby. In denial. It's not a, it's not a problem. It's a hobby. <laughs> you know, there, there, there is a very there is a difference between a um, hoarder and a hobbyist. A hobbyist has a theme to the stuff that they hoard. That's it. There you go. And it's not just like use Q-tips. Right, 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 right. Cool. Uh, did anybody else have a project update? Anything you want to share with us? I know you got a lot of coals in the fire, Alan. Anything you want to tell us about or just hold off? Because you've been blogging and doing things and newslettering. Yeah, I've got a uh, an update coming out probably very early January on my game project. So it's been making good progress. I've been having a lot of fun with the uh, video code and Coco VGA and things like that. And uh, I got a Tandy four slot multi pack in this week nice. that uh, is Coco three ready uh, after swapping out the PAL chip in it. So that's kind of fun. I can finally get back to doing some of the audio driver testing and things like that now that I can plug in all these different boards at once. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, there the community that we have, the group of people we have that come together on the show and that watch the show, the people on Discord. Um, there's so many people with so many different talents and contributions. Uh, I, th- I think we've done a decent job trying to capture some of that in the um, in the newsletter. But it's really hard to put like just, it was hard to put justice to the news, even though we covered a lot of news. There's a lot we didn't cover. There's been so much stuff going on. Um, the amount of camaraderie that we have, the amount of collaboration, and uh, people share knowledge and information and stuff like that. It's really it's really impressive, and especially this year, considering how much the things outside our house have sucked as far as being able to you know get toilet paper or buy food or people losing their jobs there's been so much real world crap going on but in the cocoa world this has been an amazing year despite covid or maybe because of covid who knows but whatever the case may be you know i really i'm really realizing not that i ever doubted it but this year has really shown just how much of a community um, we really are, and there's a lot of amazing things have happened. I'm just excited to see where this is all going. You know, what's 2021 going to be like? I mean, Nick Morenti's released three freaking AAA title games in one year. You know, so what's 2021 going to be like? Hopefully, the more people do, the more it's going to inspire other people to get up and try something too. And and that's been happening. You know, it's been it's been happening where. Um, you know, it started, I remember five years ago when I started listening to the Coco crew and one of their, one of their goals was, Hey, the community seems like it's starting to go downhill. Let's try to bring it back to life. And, And we are way beyond that point at this point, you know, we are, we are thriving. And I think what happens is that when one person does something, it inspires another person, you know, and, and we all have different talents. So not everybody's a programmer or a musician or whatever, but, you know, I think people are all getting inspired and doing different things and it just all kind of feeds back into the ecosystem. And then 
the volume of all these contributions, I think, just inspire people to do more things, you know. So, um, and so I'm just thinking that this snowball is going to continue to grow, and I can't wait to see what happens next year, you know. Um, cool, cool stuff. Uh, did anybody else have anything else they wanted to share or talk about? Acquisitions. Yeah. Stevie, I, I I suggest you go back and rewatch this. Okay. Because I'm getting a real kick out of hearing you say such wonderful, heartfelt words with antlers and an, and a an, uh, deer nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> does that does that take away from the the genuine? No, 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 there? not okay. at all, not okay. at all. I, yeah, I think I think no. I just thought it was kind of funny. Heartfelt no, words. Really nice. Heartfelt words are more impactful when said with antlers. Uh, yes. reindeer antlers. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah. Oh dear. Um, but you know, like Sloopy, you're you're fr you're fairly new to our community, so you have a fresh perspective. Obviously, you've given some some shout outs to some people. But how's it been for you coming from the Atari world, coming into the Cocoa world? How have you found switching to a different public swimming pool? Um, I find that it's, um, it's obviously a lot different, um, because of the way the systems, uh, work and the people are, um, I mean, I've been shying away from the, uh, Atari community a little bit for various reasons at the moment. But, uh, the big thing is, is that, I mean, the people are friendly and uh, knowledgeable and the thing is, is that they don't call you out for stupid questions. They'll just answer them and say, hey, here's where more information can be found. Unless you ask them on uh, this show. Yes. <laughs> yes very definitely. I mean, it's because of that, I mean, I've completely, I mean, I used to do a lot of Amiga repairs. And because of the people uh, and such, I've completely dropped literally all dealing with the Amiga at all. I mean, I'll play with it in... Um, in a uh, emulator and that's about it i just don't really do anything in that community at all anymore and hmm. it's the coco community seems much more friendlier much more tighter knit is to being inclusive as 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 opposed to exclusive no that's cool yeah and and alan you're another one you're somewhat somewhat new to being uh, you know, more vocal in, in, in the community. And so you're somewhat of a new timer as far as being like an active player, but you have done a lot and contributed a lot this year. And, um, you know, so I would say if we were going to be giving this, if this was an award show, you would probably be in the, in the running for the rising star, you know, new up and comer of the community, Alan, because you've just done so much stuff with your, like your newsletter contributions and the stuff you talk about on the show. You've always got some, Really good value-added knowledge. Um, I'm sure you've probably gleaned a few things too, but you've been a great kind of tutor and mentor and, and knowledge sharer. Um, so yeah, you've definitely been a great asset as far as a new member to the community. So uh, glad to have you. Glad for you to spend some of the time you have on this show and on the newsletter to share that with with folks. Uh, I don't know what we can say about Nick Morota. I'm trying to think of something nice. Uh, it'll come to me. Uh <laughs> well, you know, one one thing you got to real realize for some of these newer folks is. Um, just remember when you do meet David Ladd, he's a hugger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, you can't think, first. if you can't think of anything nice to say about me, Stevie, I've got a list of stuff I can oh, say. Oh, okay. You want to you wanna, you just send me a well, DM on that real quick? Yeah, you so. know, the hair. I'm going to start with the hair. Yes. And, you know, and my, my wit. 
Yes, my yes. my humility. Your humility. I'm, I'm most proud of my humility. Yes, I would I would definitely say that. So, um, <laughs> actually, Stevie, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I I really appreciate you know how op- how open you are with having us come on the show, and you give us the ability to uh, you give us the latitude to run our segments the way you know and and do what we uh, not say do what we want, but you give us a lot of latitude. And uh, you en- you enable us to uh, to uh, do our thing and bring it all together week after week, and I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I've been fishing for that compliment for like forty five minutes. Now, finally, somebody took the bait. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's <laughs> you're not the only one with a brown nose here. What are you using oh, for you. bait, Stevie? Thank Tim you, Hortons. Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's been a real blast doing the game on Sunday. It is. What I love about this show is the show has become bigger than itself because of the contribution. What's that saying? It's the sum of the whole is greater than the whole or something like that. I don't know. It's greater than the parts. Yeah, Yeah. so something about a hole. I just remembered there was a hole in there somewhere. But yeah. A whole lot of Um, And I got got a lot of encouragement. The hole is bigger than the part that goes in the hole. I don't know how it goes, but it's something like that, right? So. And I appreciate the encouragement I get from people who say they enjoy the show and, you know, I get the odd comment here and there how you know they appreciate the 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 work that goes into it and it's a real it's a real pleasure it's a bit i, I really enjoy it likewise likewise and in, in the uh in a coco cat sighting rob Eman says so raven wolf says hey guys just want to appreciate all of you guys and the the show along with discord has really helped me find my childhood and now that I have my adult money. Isn't that ironic now that we can buy things that we couldn't when we were a kid? Yeah. 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 I, know we're, I know we're kind of waxing nostalgic. I wasn't planning on doing that, but it just kind of worked out that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's all good. I, I need a hug. And where's David? I need a hug. Um, and, and so somebody had mentioned that this was earlier, that this was, there were no Australians on, and that is not true. We did have Chad Cunnington on earlier. So we did have at least one of our Australian uh, the the here we go. Eight bits in the basement has got it for me right. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and that is a good um, explanation for the show, right? So it's it's become bigger because of all the various contributions that we have, and it just becomes you're throwing all these ingredients in the pot, and then all of a sudden it just boom, it explodes into something awesome, right? So it's a good melting yeah. pot. Speaking of uh, speaking of the pot, Grant Leedy. <laughs> Uh. Uh. Grant, you've been awful quiet today, Grant. What's going on with you and your world? You're muted, Grant. And by the way, the Chiefs suck. <laughs> hey, um. they kicked your ass. That's all I have to say. Uh. We are the Super. We still are Super Bowls champions. So, no, nothing much is going on up here. Just working a lot. Uh, I'm putting in about fifty to sixty hours a week. So, I'm just thankful right now that I have a job. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice shirt, by the way, too. Good oh, shirt. yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. And we do have, I mean, we, we are an international show, but we had all the way from France. We've had today Alain Curtis Boyle, so our French correspondent, which has been great. I am, I am in French Canada, Adding Montreal. Adding some culture to the show. Um, did you bathe before you came on the show, Alain Curtis? Uh, I bathed with Axe body spray. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's what we call a French shower. I thought that was called a hellbilly shower. (laughs) You shave your armpits. If you're in France, why do you have a Canadian flag? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why he's making fun of the French Canadians. I have no idea. Stevie took know. us to France. I, it was supposed to be French Canada. Oh, is that what Montreal. it was? Okay. Yeah. What, what do I know? Yeah. It shows you how ignorant yeah. I am. Yeah. So 
Um, mm. Yeah, the year's not over, but it's been a great year. Um, where are we going and why are we in the handbasket? Right <laughs> um, <laughs> do we have anything else we need to talk about today? It's been a short show. We're only oh. at uh, two and a half hours. It's kind of a short I, show. I can, I can give a little I, update. Okay, we have an update from Jason the Coco Man Reichert. I, I, I'm pretty sure a toggle switch may or may not be involved in uh, this. Toggle switch may be involved. No, uh, still um, still working on those uh, Joey Hi-Rez uh, pre-orders. Getting towards the end of them. So um, I'd say here in the next few weeks, I'm going to be opening that back up uh, for additional orders. Uh, just We're just going to have to take a little slow this time, but uh, got that working. Uh, and uh, just a little, uh, this isn't really that cocoa related, but I did show off the Coleco Adam and I did uh, manage to uh, find a local vintage type video game and movie type store. And I did pick up, I did pick up Zaxxon for the ColecoVision. It's got a little bit of a yeah. mudged up label there, but my little local right. place I found here, a little place called, I think it's called like Just Play Games. It's this little teeny tiny place in Steubenville, Ohio of all places, but it, they had, they had ColecoVision games. I got, didn't have Donkey Kong. I got Donkey Kong. Um, got looping. Looping. Oh, I remember Loop. that game. Looping. Yes, I play. I've played the arcade version of that. And uh, oh, what else did we get? We got uh, Carnival and uh, Venture. So, and I'm uh, still playing around with the Atom a little bit, trying to figure out how to make my own digital data packs, which are there. That's the fancy name for those proprietary cassettes. Oh, it's, it's interesting. It's it's in, it's hard to see, but it's it's interesting because they're missing, you know, all, the, the holes for like the cap stand, cap stand, and everything. They, you know, looks like someone drilled that one, but they don't normally have those holes in them. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's probably hard to show up on camera, but there there's a, there's a place for it. Right. But it's not actually there, so it won't fit into a regular. You know, on both sides, it won't fit into a regular cassette player. Plus, I think on the one side here, on the on the top of it, they have these uh, extra holes mm. in the top there. So if you want to make your own digital, uh, then you have to tear tear apart a cassette and, uh, you know, drill holes in the wow. top of it. And then you still can't format it. You have to literally take the formatting from another tape. It's a really, it's very odd. Proprietary. And Patrick seems to be amused. Yeah, I could just imagine how many different ways they tried to sabotage using a regular cassette. And there they are. Oh, well, here they are. And the other thing is, it uses both sides. It's only once you can only put it in one side, and it uses both so sides using the full at width. the same it's time. Got like a head I've been or something. Yeah. So I've been watching. I'm watching a video here of a fellow. I don't remember the name on YouTube right now, but he was talking about how they were. You could take the digital data pack files that you would use in an emulator, then use a utility to convert it to a to a WAV file, and then to put it in your sound editor and separate the two channels. And you have to feed it into a you know once you drill you know you can use a regular cassette. I think they uh, recommend like the Sony 60 minute HF ones if you can still find them. The normal biased tapes. And then you still have to drill those two extra holes in the top there. And then you play the WAV file, and it's like an hour-long process. You have to record almost a half an hour worth side one. And then you have to take the second track in, 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 in your audio editor and reverse it. And then oh. cue it up on cue it up on the other side and right to the point right before the, you know, as the sound starts. And then do like a two two-handed thing where you start the record and start playing the second side in reverse 
and wait another half an hour and hope it works. Oh, I haven't a, tried it yet. It's a simple <laughs> two-step process. It, it, yeah, Get it, right it, on 27 that. easy to follow steps. You can take a digital data pack file for your Atom and put it on a cassette. I mean, I, I really have to see if they have like a Coco SDC equivalent or something. Oh, like they that. have that to. Just sounds like There's why don't you get the butt? Why don't you get the disk drive for the for the Atom? They are incredibly rare and expensive, from what I've seen. Maybe that Arduino could be adapted. So there is what what's possibly? called the Atari Max cartridge I have from my ColecoVision. That should work on the um, Atom, where you just put in an SD card and load in all your ROM images, and that works for cartridge-based stuff. And I'm sure yeah, they've I'm probably thinking... adapted things to that. Uh, very, very possibly. And, uh, yeah, cause, like I have the, uh, the Harmony cartridge for my 2600 like you do. It's similar and, to uh, that, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would probably work for the ColecoVision titles. The other thing i got to get is i got to get around the... Uh, I got to come up with a new power supply. Is, uh, having to turn off the on and off the printer, it's just a complete pain. I I, I get why they did it, but it's a complete pain. And uh, I've seen some <laughs> solutions that aren't quite all that elegant. And uh, the one thing I thought was really elegant, I haven't seen any updates on for about a year. So that's all I have right now. I, I when I I'll finish it out of I'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're off to. It sounds like you have at least two steps into that forty step process. So you're. Yeah, I, I you're watched the, the video. Yeah, I watched the video <laughs> twice. So. That's like a David Ladd thing. It's like, well, you know, I could do this eighty track, you know, schizoid, different flux capacitive <laughs> variable track sector length floppy because it's theoretically possible in real life. So I'm going to do it in the virtual world. Because, I just want to be uh, able to load like the, uh, the don't you know I just want to be able to load like the Coleco Atom version of yeah Donkey that's that, that's screens. available it's definitely because available. I have and I, I have the d digital data pack file I just mm -hmm. need to get it onto a digital data pack there set. is there's, I, there's a group on Facebook there's a ColecoVision maniacs or something like that there's there's a mm -hmm. couple of different groups on Facebook yep. that I'm on and I'm sure you could reach out to some people for some help there. So absolutely, I remember a while ago I had posted on that group the Sock Masters Donkey Kong. This and I, and it was off topic, but I said like I know this is off topic in a, in a in a sense, but because Donkey Kong was like the pack into ColecoVision, some of you guys might get a kick out of the fact that this Donkey Kong remix exists and it can run on an eight bit system. And so I showed that video, and a lot of people liked it, and a few people got really pissy about the fact that I did it because it was off topic and stuff. But um, yeah. Um, it is a fairly useful group. Um, a lot of um, that's how I found out about all the new hardware things like the Atari Max cartridge and the Falcon boards and all that kind of stuff you can get for the ColecoVision. There's a lot of aftermarket stuff you can get for that thing. Yeah, there's uh, a Coleco Adam Facebook group I'm on now. Oh, okay. I'm just kind of I'm just lurking. And, and just think too, Henry Reitveld. He, you know, if anybody's going to oh, know yeah. anything, it's going to be Reitveld, Reitveld, right? Yeah, or sent from my phone. Yeah, yeah. I've I've pondered messaging them but i'm like you know it's one of those things i better like do my own research first before i start bothering people about it i i try not to if i don't have to just to probably yeah. some people yeah, ask, sometimes you know the, the frequently asked questions right sometimes the voyage of discovery is the fun part too you know so yeah. um cool anything else any other updates anyone anyone bueller oh good when when my uh when i go to fix my uh ColecoVision, I can just bug you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't really fixed anything, and I have a Coleco Atom, but uh, I don't know. I, hey. I don't have an actual ColecoVision, so that was kind of the compromise. Yeah. Good deal. I only have one other thing to say. Yes, sir. I have one, I have one last swig of my drink left, so I'm going to say DriveWire. DriveWire. All right. <laughs> DriveWire. I right, take a drink.
driveway. All right, so maybe we'll go ahead and put a fork in this one. We're, we're I'd getting, say push the button, Frank. We're going to press the button. All right, so we're going to play the outro. I want to thank everybody who's been joining us in the live chat today, like Kevin Holloway and Mr. Dave and Rob Inman and Reverend Fuzzy, Christopher Mayhew popped by. Hey, Reverend Fuzzy, how you doing? Dave and Sharon, Rob Inman. Uh, Eight bits in the basement. Raven Wolf, Mikey. He likes it. He likes it. Uh, Explore VR. Ben Drake's Karen Anscombe. Sixty has been there. Retro Innovations. Mister Presidente. El Presidente. Electronic Adventures and Nimble and Eight Bits in the Basement and Rob Inman and Ken Reichert and Frodo and David Ladd and Sixty. And Kevin Holloway and Nimble and Ken Reichert and Frodo and you, you guys are all here and and and, and Auntie M was here and Toto was there, uh, all kinds Samuel of people. Samuel Gimes. And Samuel Gimes was here. So I'm done. Stop by here. So a lot of people in the live chat today. Scott Cooper was by here. AC's Eight Bit Zone, and um, I know I'm missing some people. David Craker has been here. And uh, a lot of people, thank you guys for watching each and every week. Carl Lafferty is saying, hey guys, Reverend Fuzzy, I drank the Kool-Aid and the trains never left the station. I want my money back. <laughs> 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 right, we're going to press a button. I want to remind everybody about the Glenside Color Computer Virtual Meetup, which is taking place tomorrow, 7 p.m. Florida time, 6 p.m. Chicago time. You figure it out wherever the hell else you are in the world because I'm not that good in math. But it is taking place on the Blue Jeans video conferencing link. The information should be available on the Glenside website, glensideccc.com. It's also in the newsletter, which you can get on there. Check out the newsletter. See what's been going on in the Cocoa this past year. I um, think you might be impressed. And um, thank you for our special correspondent and, and co-host and news anchor today, Leigh Curtis Boyle, all the way from somewhere where they speak French in the world. Uh, 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 merci beaucoup, Leigh oui, oui. Le, Le, Le Curtis. Oui, oui. Yes. Bonjour. Bonjour. Okay, bonjour, Adios. everybody. We're pressing the button. Say goodbye, everybody. Merry Christmas. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop. Cause Coco Talk is rocking the eight bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco 
Disco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Rondell Vaux, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Different Daffer for making my head explode. help support the Cocoa community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Cocoa Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. got these little mice toys it's all right so real quick before we press the button i posted in the live chat the link to the glenside color computer website i also posted the link to the blue jeans actual meeting address too so the actual clickable urls are there for your clicking pleasure however if you click now you'll be waiting for quite some time before anybody shows up because it will be 7 (laughs) p.m tomorrow so uh, i would just say click responsibly Click uh, early, click often. Click early, you click often. You won't be late. You won't be late. That is true. We're pressing the button. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.